At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Up there! Welcome in, everybody! Woo-hoo! Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis. We will be joined shortly, my sources tell me, by... Barrett Brooks. We're not exactly sure what's going on, but he will be with us. We know that soon. You right, look, ref- yeah, uh, yeah, sure, yeah. Whatever you believe it, uh, yeah, I'll go along yeah. with it. Sure, <laughs> sure. What you know? You look refreshed, Rob. When we had our pre-show meeting at eleven, you look kind of frazzled, man. You, uh, I was out cutting the lawn in, yes. in, in, this morning, and it was a bit hot. Uh, so I, I uh, just showered. a little bit. I sh- I'm fresh as a daisy now, man. I'm <laughs> ready to roll after you, that. You got to take a bubble bath, man. Uh, that's I've here. I, that's Merrill Reese's move. He's yes. a before every game. Yeah, Merrill takes a bubble bath, no matter wait, where he is. Wait, before every game, he does this. Every Eagle game, yes. That's a little too much. <laughs> that, that's, but it does relax you. Now I'm a person. I haven't taken a bubble bath, and I don't even think I've since I was a kid. What's up, honest. everybody? We see you. We see you, Mama Brooks. Hi. I that, your son will be there. along shortly. Yeah, um, I just I just threw it out there just to you know kind of help you relax and. I'll you do. Know. I will. I haven't taken a bath since I was a kid. Uh, a but, bath? Wait, wait. You haven't taken a bath since you were a kid? Yeah. Isn't that Are a bubble bath? Isn't that the same thing? No, you. I haven't taken a bath since I was a kid, which leads me to believe you and water don't mix. No, 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 no. Okay. I am a. I'm a clean freak. I am oh, a shower okay. man. I am a shower man. Yes, I am a. Uh, I am super clean. I am extremely clean, cleanly. Daz Dio say you stink, Rob. See, I do stink. See, you have to specify when you say stuff like that. Could you say? I, know. I, I haven't taken. I like a, to I bathe. I just don't <laughs> like to take a bath. Does that sound? Is that better? I like to bathe. I don't like baths. Okay. Hey, hey, I'm just, I'm just saying, man. I want to make sure I'm protecting you. See, I'm I get here the for bath. you. Like, I get the bath if you're so, like you're sore. You were doing work, you a workout or. Obviously, you're an athlete or whatever. You pull a hamstring. And you're like, man, let me just right. sit in the tub, dude. This has got it. This is going to be good for my for my muscles, for my joints, whatever. I get that. Other than that, I I don't know what the real appeal is as a man sitting in my own filth. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I would rather. I've never heard it put like that. I would rather no, I, just get a shower, man, and 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 roll out. 
No, I, I I agree with you. I have no patience for sitting in a tub and soaking. Mm-hmm. You know, even when I'm hurting, you know, like you know, uh, I'd rather get some BioFree, some alcohol, yeah. yes. you know, rub it on, or some Bengay. But sitting in a tub with bubbles, yeah, no, oh, that's man. not me. My, my dad that. had a bad back his whole life. It was it was brutal yeah. for him. But but right. So when I was a kid, he would constantly have Bengay on his back, constantly. Yes. Right? He, yes. And back then, it was that strong. You know what Ben Gay smelled like, but you know that sort of like. I still use it, right? But Absolutely. it does. It's not. They can't. You get it now, where it's not quite as harsh. The smell. Am I wrong um, about that? Yeah. Is yeah, there like yeah, a lighter? Have, yeah. But see, that's why I like Biofreeze. Biofreeze. It has very little smell when you roll it on, and it comes in roll-on cream or spray, and you yeah. put it on. It goes on cold, right? And then all of a sudden, when you wrap, if you feel that heat penetrating. Yeah, and it doesn't have it doesn't have that strong smell like a Bengay did. Yes, now, now, yeah, but they make different degrees of Bengay now. I think they've found a way to reduce the the pungent smell, so to speak, <laughs> which I didn't mind. I thought when you had Bengay on, you, that was manly to smell yes. like Bengay. Oh, it did. He did. Look, it's yeah. just a smell that I will never. And I used to have to like rub it on his back, and my hands would stink. I'm like, you know, it was, oh. it was the whole thing. But I thank you, Randall. I, we're yeah. we're agreed on the on the. We're pro shower, man. We are pro yeah, shower. Yeah, and Daz Deal says, you know, they have icy hots. Yeah, you're right. I used to like the icy hots also, but I've graduated to biofreeze. Icy hots, biofreeze, man. I, yeah. I don't mind an icy. Hot. Thank you, Chris. Good, good. Chris, our friend Chris checking in. Our our, our fitness yeah. uh, guru, our instructor. All right, you know, look at the can in there, Gunner. Come on, man. What you know? What I'm talking. Man, about. is that Thank from you. mowing the grass? Mr. Mo in the grass. <laughs> that's that's my <laughs> my my yard exercise. Yeah, yeah, crushes it. But yeah, good good to hear from everybody in the comments section. Good to I see you. We, I never we feel yeah, you. I, I never Give thought about likes. when you're taking a bath, you're sitting in your own filth. You I know, do. you're right because you know when you finish and you let the water out of the tub, Oof. you have the dirt ring around the tub. Yeah. Then you gotta get the common cleanser and clean the tub. See, that's too much. That's too. Shower, baby. Shower's the way to go. A hot tub, like you got a hot tub. Dang, wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on a minute. What's that, Trish? She says, only if you're filthy. Well, that's the reason you get in a tub to take a bath to get the filth off of you. Uh, Wait, are you saying it's uncommon to see a ring in a tub? (laughs) She claims it's uncommon. No, it's not. And I don't know anybody who doesn't take a bath and there's not a ring in a tub. Hey, I ain't going to lie to you, man. I I don't like scrubbing a tub after you. Take no, that's the there. other part. I, it's, it's too what? much work. I don't need that work. Yes. I'm done. I'm out of there, man. Shower. See, Rob, see, Trish, Rob Elder says he doesn't want to sit in his own filth. See? <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't get it. Oh, no. Get it. Like, I don't know. It's it, a man it, thing. I, it is. We're, we're too lazy, too, on top of everything else. You know, we are just lazy beings, man. It's just, uh, it's just yeah. a fact. Yeah, Randall are. Handel says dirty water, too. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I, I get it, you know. Yeah. I hear you, man. I hear you. Um, all right. So as I said, we'll get Barrett will be uh, jumping on in a little bit. So we we have, I can't call it breaking news, Derek, because it's not official yet. At least I haven't seen it uh, become official. But uh, by all reports, and it started with Kevin Weeks last night right. on uh, ESPN's NHL uh, studio show. Right. Kevin's very good, by the way. Um, he's reporting that the Flyers will be hiring John Tor- Tortorella. And that um, it should be coming down likely today or tomorrow. There's uh, you know other people jumping on it as well. Look, here's where I'm at. I, I I get it from an organizational standpoint. There's two things I really get about this. Number one, they are uninteresting to people right now. They are right. irrelevant to people. Right. Except, except the small core of True. flyer loyalists. Yes, True. which is about twenty thousand people. 
It's diminishing though, Derek. It's it's not what it was. They used to have a, a much more hardcore following from more people. But but they're in, in a four horse race. It, they're not even in fourth place in in Philadelphia sports. True. They are True. completely irrelevant right now. Villanova is past them. Uh, maybe <laughs> you know, maybe it's, it's very possible. Uh, so I get it in that sense that whether you love him or hate him, Tortorella is a headliner. He is yes. a guy who will make yep. noise. He will get people's attention. One way or the other, good or bad. Okay, so I get that. Get it. The other thing is that he is a no-nonsense kind of guy. He will come in and call it like he sees it and call guys out publicly and go after guys and bench guys and hold guys accountable. Good. And, Good. Yeah, and I think this organization has needed that for a long period of time. So mm. I, I get those two boxes, check, check, like understood. But I will tell you this. Whether we like it or not, in this day and age, his act wears thin. It's a very short shelf life. There's an expiration date on that thing, and it expires pretty quickly with, with today's players. Number one. Number two, he, you know, if you look at his career, he won it with the Lightning in 04. In 04, yep. And he's had some good runs, but his playoff record is not great. And he's had a lot of first mm-hmm. round exits, man. Like, I don't, I think ultimately we're back in the same spot in two years. Well, when you look at the candidates out there, Rob, I think he's the best of the lot. There's not much to pick from. And and if if they were going in another direction, don't you think they would have made a selection sooner than now um, to start focusing on what's to come in terms of the draft, re, re, restructuring the roster? You know, when you talk about uh, John Tortorella, there's no gray area with him. You either like him or you don't. And he rubs people the wrong way in a hurry, yes. <clears throat> but he has a certain pedigree, and who knows? You know, he stepped away from the game for a year. He was an ESPN studio analyst uh, for a year. Maybe stepping away for a year has made him sit back and, and, and do a self-evaluation on things that he, he – on his strengths and weaknesses, maybe what he needs to change to not alienate people, especially his players. But I do think um, – I do think that this this team, this organization needs a no-nonsense, get-in-your-face – type coach um i think this team took the season off for whatever the reason you know uh they they fired what elaine vigneault back in december right. who i think is a really good coach i do too so was it the coach or was it the lack of talent so i believe it was a lack of talent more than the coaching itself so whoever takes this job even if it's tortorella the thing is they have a built-in grace period automatically because they're at the bottom and you're not just going to rebuild this thing overnight you know, you, you've got to make some moves. Um, you've got to try to get better. You're not going to find it immediately in the draft. You know, you're not going to find uh, a, a one-hit wonder in the draft right away. You know, that, that's a rarity uh, in the NHL. So he's going to have some time. But if it shows improvement, anything uh, improving upon what they did a season ago is an improvement. And I think it will slowly bring fans back if, if they, they see the, the team is being competitive. Because there were a lot of games, they just were not competitive. It was like they never even got off the plane oh, mentally. You yeah, know? totally agreed. So if if the fans see that they're they're being competitive, even if they do lose a, a lot of games, they'll come back. You know, Flyer fans, I'll say this, are real are loyalists. They are. they are, you know, and they'll come back. You know, they're frustrated, they're angry right now because you know Ed Snyder's probably rolling in his grave at what mm-hmm. he's he's looking at right now with this team and this organization, considering what. You know, this was one. This was one of the premier teams. It wasn't that long ago, you know, and all of a sudden they're at the bottom. They're at the bottom of the barrel, man. You know, 
Yeah. When, you, when you're talking about the crabs pulling each other down, trying to get to the top, they're <laughs> at the bottom, you know, so they, you know, so they have nowhere to go but up right now. It's gonna, yeah. And it's going to take some time. Yeah. And, and like I said, you know, ultimately, I, I don't I don't necessarily love it from a coaching standpoint, but, you know, a couple of things that they desperately need. He fits that bill, you know, immediately. And God, let's face it, man. It, it, it's a business and you need yep. to make your product relevant again. And right now that's not the case with this Flyers team. It'll be interesting. Again, that's not official yet, but there are multiple reports out there that it's going to become official very shortly. I think the big key is how will he mesh with the front office? Mm-hmm. Will the front office give him the room to be his, be himself? Will they want to have hands on with every, every, every move they make along the way? Will it, will they be like a Howie Roseman from what we've heard? Howie likes to be hands-on in terms of setting the 53-man roster every week for games. Will they back off and let him do what he, they're going to bring him in here to do? Or will there be a lot of tension along the way? Because if that is the case, he won't be here long. You know? no, agreed. I, I, I think he'll walk away. I, I think well, I would think he will, too. He, he's certainly made enough money and you yep. know, won a cup and all that. So he doesn't, he doesn't necessarily need it. Um, I, I think – one of the most last thing on the Flyers. One of the most frustrating thing for things for Flyers fans is it, it's a conglomerate. They don't know who is yes. in charge. It, yes. It's not like you have a face like Jeffrey Lurie or uh, John Middleton for the Phillies or right, right. whatever Josh Harris. It's kind of like uh, I don't really know what this is and what this looks like, and a lot of that coincides with them, you know, going down. As a matter of fact, since Ed Snyder had to you know pass, and, right. you know, wasn't able to do the day-to-day stuff and all that. So yeah, it's going to be going to be interesting to see what happens there. So yeah. we yeah. have that happening. Uh, we have the Phillies. Ah, got her. Really? Are you going to do this to yourself? We're going to do a full blown segment at 1230 on them. So I'll okay. just, I'll just touch on it. It was a, um, for a while, a very fun game. It was a back and forth wild affair mm-hmm. last night for a while, which ended in an extremely frustrating way. Yep. Extremely frustrated way. Um, I the one thing as excited as I get, I keep saying to you and 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 Barrett, I don't know if they can overcome and overrun some of the deficiencies, meaning the bullpen and the defense. I agree. And last night I it agree. was on full display. Last night, man. Well, your your boy Real Muto. Um, <laughs> I, I hate to say this, but he cost them that game. Yeah, he did. He cost them that game. It was a routine pop up uh, behind home plate. He had it in his glove. And the thing is, you're, okay, initially when you see it live action, you're thinking, okay, maybe it hit the tip of his glove. But then you see the slow-mo replay. It hits in the glove and, and squirts out. How's that possible? And then two two pitches later, what happened? Boom. Don't you Complexion know it? You knew what was going to happen. You knew a double was coming. Yeah. Or but I'm not, here, I'm not here to get under your skin because I know how you feel about your Phillies. And, Rob, you know, everybody give Robin applause. He's back to the the powder blue so, Soho Cup. Um, you Thank know. you. Thank you. See, I just like I told you when I buy the Soho cups, I buy just 150 of the red. I just get the same color, you know, all the time. Yeah. My yeah. wife gets like the three different color pack. I don't know what that's all about. We do like, we do that with the they're the, they're like clear. We'll get the three different color yeah. pack when we're having a party. Yes, you know, so people aren't accidentally grabbing to distinguish each other. their cups. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. But see, with the red so- Soho cups, um, I put my name on them, like my initials. I'll put like Big Daddy on it or something like that. Even you know, even if it's just no, even if they're not having a party, just that. Yes. The I just because you know because in, in my house you know people they drink out of one time throw them in the trash yeah that's a lot of money you got to go back and get them so I'll keep my cup two three four days in a row you know okay I appreciate yeah. that I yeah, can appreciate you know. that that's for sure uh, getting a lot of reaction off of Tortorella in the comment section and, and look you know I get 
with the regular Randall's posting a lot of stats. I get the regular season record, but the last thing I'll say on this is he's 56 and 64 in the playoffs. He's had yep. six first round exits in the playoffs. Yep. You know, again, this beggars can't be choosers. This team wasn't in the playoffs the last two years, but all mm-hmm. I'm saying is ultimately lately, at least it's, it's been since Oh four, since he won it, it's been a while since he's had really good playoff success. Anyway, but, but look, I, I think it's, it's a foregone conclusion. It's going to happen. I get why they're doing it. I just I'm not in love with the move. I would have rather gone. Yeah, who would you? Who do you want? Then? Rick Tockett, Trucks. No, I, and Trotz? I, I really like Rick personally, but no, I okay. would have gone the Tockett route. Uh, I would have thought about Trots. I would have thought about Cassidy from the from the Bruins. Okay. I, I would have thought about an up and coming sort of assistant coach, a younger dude. I would have thought about that too. This is not an easy thing. Whoever's stepping into this, Derek. I mean, it is a. It's a. It, they're not going to call it a rebuild. They can call it whatever they want. This team's a mess. They're a mess defensively. They're a mess on the power play. There's, like I said, well, their special teams and their power play. Yep. And the yep. bad. I mean, there's all kinds of issues with this team. So it's going to be a tough one. I don't think you could put an assistant, an up and coming assistant, in a position like this. I think you need somebody who's like that old crusty sea captain yeah. running the ship. You need to get people's attention, you know, and there's going to be a number of players who are holdovers from this debacle last season. And they need to know from day one, the country club is over. You need <laughs> well, to know. you're right about that. See what I'm saying? So yeah. I think you need somebody who's not afraid to, to, to offend people, not afraid to get in people's faces, not afraid to call people out, hold, hold them accountable. I don't mean call them out publicly, but call them out in practice, call them out when you have team meetings. You know, that's what they do in football. Football sure. coaches are notorious for oh, looking yeah. at for looking at film, stopping a film on a play and calling a player out, whether it's a lineman, back receiver, for running the wrong route, hitting the wrong hole. You know, I think you need one of those type of coaches with this flyer team because if not, you're going to get the same kind of results you just had this past season. Yeah, look, I, I, don't, I don't disagree. I, 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 I certainly don't want to push over in here. And and maybe a young guy doesn't have the gravitas to, to be able to be that that strong voice. You know, maybe that's the the – did you actually say gravitas? Gravitas. Woohoo. Yes. You have okay. gravitas. You know that, That's, right? You're a gravitas guy. I don't know. No, no. I don't, does that mean you smell no, or what? What is a bit of bath? No, that means that you have established yourself and you have a credibility. <laughs> you have a credibility. Like you have gravitas. Barrett does not right now because he's not here. Okay. You are a gravitas foxhole kind oh, of guy. Oh man. Okay. Oh my goodness. So that's that's what you are for sure. Well, thank you. Yes. Hey, have, I don't know what it's like in Bear, Delaware. I don't. I, yeah. I know we have friends from all over the country here who are, who are in some areas where it is insanely hot. It's it's pretty yeah, hot. Yeah, where are you guys here. checking in from today, everybody? Yeah, where it, are you checking it's in hot, it's yeah. hot out there today, man. So be careful if you if you got if you're working outside <clears throat> or you got to do some stuff outside or whatever the case may be. Just stay hydrated. Try to stay cool because it it's, is. It's hot. There. This is my kind of weather, dude. This is I what I live for. I would, Gunner. I'll take this any day of the week over bitter cold yes. or sleet or uh, rain or some miserable, you know, fall winter day. I'm, I'm yes. not. I, yes. I'm just telling you, you know, be ready, be prepared. I like this kind of weather. Personally. Do you do, uh, do you hate being in a cold house? Yes. Do you really? Do you walk around with long t- sleeve t shirts on and, 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 and hoodies? No, no. You know what I do? I, I where I have my studio here in the basement right. is right. cold. Right. Okay. Yeah, I'm in short sleeves today. It's not that bad today. But right. Normally, it's really cold down here. That's why if you watch when you watch the show, I generally have a hoodie on. But I don't do that. Like if I'm in other other parts of the house, it's just my basement right. that's okay. super uber cold. Well, that's true. Yeah. See, my wife my wife claims I need to go get my blood checked because I hate being in a cold house. My wife's part penguin. 
She wants the house at <laughs> 66 degrees every day, right? Yeah. She sleeps with two fans on at night. Okay. And I hate it. I I, I, just, I want a room temperature house, like like around 70, 72. Oh, no, That's where, yeah, I, I'm in the same place you are. The only, I'll side, definitely on your wife's side in this sense. I need right. it to be cool at night when I'm going to sleep. Okay. I cannot lay there and, and you know, you're, you're tossing and turning because you're hot. That's the, that's right, the, right. that's my, where I, where I draw the that's line. That's where you draw the care, line? I don't care during the day. I really don't. Even right. if it's like a, even bordering on warm in a house, I don't care during the day. At night's different when I go to sleep. See, that's me. Everybody else is like, it's a sweat box in here. If I turn the heat up or something, like, it's a sweat box in here. I'm like, it's fine with me. Well, I'm in yeah. a constant thermostat fight with everybody else in the house. You so, too? Oh, yeah. So if it's... I'm not the only one with the thermostat fight? Well, I, I try and milk like at least a month out of not having the central air on when it, you know we're going from you know winter to spring, spring to summer or whatever. I'm trying to, hey, let's open the windows. Let's blah, blah, blah. And don't you know, like the very first hot day, it's it's burning up in here. We got to put the. I'm like, Ugh. so you deal with that, and then the winter, it'll be like October, and it's not that cold out. We need to put the heat on, like, uh, you know. So that's that's my constant struggle there. <laughs> Cal Bundy, old people love heat. <laughs> I will say this to Cal's point: I'm definitely less tolerant of, cold? of the cold. Like I have cousins who are Eagles season ticket holders and they go no matter what, Derek, it could be minus 30 and they will sit there in their seats and they will watch the game. They will watch it. If it's one of those games, that's the last game of the season and everything's determined. Even if it has no meaning and it's third stringers, they will go and sit in their seat the entire game. God bless them. Like yeah, good for them. Yeah, I yeah. want no parts of that. No parts. You see, you see what my wife just put on here? See, see what she says. Space here year round. Yes. Like July, I'm sitting it. on my couch in my room when I when I'm doing notes and stuff, getting ready for a show next day. It's like 62 degrees in the bedroom, and I got a little space heater I just put on me while I'm working. I feel I feel good. The muscles feel elastic. I feel good. Like my brother texted me the other day. He lives in the Phoenix area. Oh. He goes, "Man, it's 113 today here," and I'm like envious of him because you know Arizona has that dry desert heat. Yeah, now, it's, it's hot. not like it's not like Florida or no, Northeast. it's not like that Florida heat. Yeah. No, no. But I, and I'm envious of him. I said, you know, man, I wish I was there. Yeah, I love that kind of heat, man. I think it's good for your muscles, the elasticity of the body, I, so on and so forth. I'll tell you what I do too. If it gets really like freezing here here in the uh, studio, my basement studio, during yeah. a break, I will run out and sit on my deck and just take in a little bit. Of me heat. too. See, that's yeah. me. I do the uh -huh. same thing. See, my, my wife starts cranking the AC in April, dude. This yeah. is what drives me nuts in April. Then all of a sudden, by the time late May, June rolls around, the AC is not blowing cold enough. Like clockwork for the last several years in late May or June, I've got to call my AC guy to come put Freon back in the AC. Yep. It's 40-something degrees out at night in April and May, 50-something degrees. I got the AC going in my house. Yes. And I'm like, really? Yeah. See, I have a problem with that. I I'm with you. I'm with you. It's uh, to me, we can suck it up. There should be at least three months where we don't have it on on, on the back yes. end of back end of the winter into this or, uh, you know, spring into the summer and then spring into the fall into the or, I'm sorry, summer into the fall and yes. into the winter. We should okay, be able to get that much out of it. Now she's exaggerating. I have a space heater in every room. That's not true. One <laughs> in the family room, one in every family. other room. Trish, every see, other see what room. I mean? You yeah. know, I, hey, you know. Look, you opened up the can of worms, man. And, and, and Trish is keeping it real on you. 
She's, no, keep, she's no, holding you she's, accountable. She's, she's keeping. She's keeping it semi-real. See. Yes. Yes. So so when we so when we go to her parents' house in California, we stay in their guest room, and they have one of those uh, wall units in the wall above the bed, right? You know, they have AC, they have central AC throughout the house, but they put this additional room on, and they have like this. Uh, you know, remember those wall units that you have? Yeah. So she, so she cranks it up. It's right above my bald head. I have to sleep <laughs> with the covers over my head at night <laughs> when I go to her parents' house. <laughs> yes. Well, I, that's also how you get a cold. Like if you're if you if you're getting that thing blowing on you directly, you you're gonna have some issues, man. I, I can tell you that. That's can for you, sure. Can you believe that she says if you're that cold, get up and clean. You'll get warm and hurt. Really? Wow, she's on fire today, man. Okay, really? Get clean. I'm the one that does the cleaning around here. It's tough. It's the yeah, I can't it's, win. It's, it's tough up in the gun house, man. That's for sure. So, oh, here, listen to this show that we have today. Yep. One o'clock, Keith Pompey is going to join us. We'll talk to Keith. There are some rumors floating around that they're trying to shop Danny Green and their yep. first round pick. Yep. Okay. Sam Cassell rumored to be interviewing for the Jazz coaching job. We'll talk to him Sam about Cassell. that. Wow. And, and just what direction the Sixers are going to be going here this offseason. I, you know, Gunner, we always talk, oh, this is critical. Well, here, here's why I think this is an unbelievably critical offseason. Number one, right. there's a huge decision to be made with Harden, number one. Right. Number two, if you have another kind of season where you're getting bounced in the second round or earlier, yeah. it, it, the, the expiration date on Joel Embiid is, is going to – the clock's going to start sure. ticking, okay? And, and right. you, this is where this is headed if you keep getting bounced early. You need to make the right moves this offseason. So – I'm I'm be very curious to to hear what Keith has to say. We'll get his take on the NBA Finals too. As as we tomorrow night we have Game Six in Boston, so we'll talk to him about that. Um, and then Jeff McLean is going to be joining us at two o'clock. You know, the last time we spoke to Jeff, we were talking about this in the in the pre-show medium. It's, it doesn't seem like it's been this long, but we talked to him the day after the draft. That I can't Friday. believe it was that long. I cannot yeah. believe it. Yeah, we, actually, I'm sorry. It was the Friday after the first round. That was the last time we talked to him. So. Certainly a lot of ground to cover with Jeff in terms of everything that's gone down this offseason. And, you know, kind of what we talked about yesterday, what's the expectation level now that you made all these moves and, and you've maybe made up some ground, at least on paper, on the Cowboys, and it's not a great conference. So what's the expectation? Hey, in addition to that, this is a little fun exercise that we're going to do a little bit later. Yep. Top five coaches in both conferences, the AFC yeah. and the NFC, the AFC, there is – it feel like we're doing the quarterback thing, but there's a ton of candidates. The NFC is weak. You know, it is weak. The, ex, the exercise was tough for two different reasons. One, because in AFC you have such an abundant of, abundant of choices. Two, the NFC, you're right. Your, your, your choices were limited. Yes. I mean, where, you, where do you go? Massively limited. Massive. Oh, my goodness. It, it is a fall off a cliff kind of scenario so we'll do that um and then a little bit later uh we're going to dig into a bunch of different things with our open talk segment as well so jeff mcclain at two o'clock oh! look who it is oh! back, back from court bro back from court i'll tell you about when we come back to the side yeah okay all right we're, we're glad we didn't have to gunner was getting his bail money ready we were, we were a little see, bit concerned that's what okay? i'm talking about that uh, you guys are all for me i appreciate that that's look, it look i was thinking fuck they finally caught up to him and he's going to jail <laughs> you you were wishing wishing that. Yeah. yeah because because i would have stood outside his jail cell dangling bail money uh, 
See what I'm saying, man? What are, friends, on, man. what are friends for? I'm yeah. thinking you're going to get the bail money for me. Look at you. You want to laugh. I, I, you know, got the, I got the bail money. I would have dangled it first just to make you sweat a little bit. Bro, bro. bro. I mean, I even went in there with the NBC swag and everything. You look very bro. official. Yeah. You. yeah you know, <laughs> I tried. I tried. My court appearance is not. Well, you guys want me to wait or we want to go? Yeah, yeah, wait, yeah wait, hang wait, on. Wait, hang wait, on. Wait, hang on. All right. So when we come back, we'll get Barrett's court story and what went down today. We'll dig into the Phillies and that bad loss last night. Jeff McLean at 2 o'clock, Keith Pompey at 1 o'clock. Don't go anywhere. we got a lot in store for you. Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks, Rob Ellis. We are Sports Day, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, it's it's that time of day, right? You get a little, little hunger pains? Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm a little hungry right now myself. You know what hit this spot? Station Tap. And Station Tap Catering in particular in Drexel Hill will handle your next business function with ease while you're focusing on securing a new opportunity for your company. They have 50 years of experience in the food preparation industry. Station Tap Catering will impress and your guests will be impressed. I've had the food. Trust me when I tell you this. Not only is it good, not only is there a great variety of it. I mean, I, I can speak to how good the pasta is, how good their wings are, how good the fries are, how good the salads are, how good the wraps are. I mean, you, tacos, you name it. But the variety to me is the greatest strength of Station Tap Catering for sure. They provide delicious private food for private events if you have a baseball banquet as the season just ended. If you have a wedding coming up, if you have a graduation party, whatever the case may be, they can handle it. And it is a beautiful, beautiful room. I can tell you that for sure. Corporate function, perfect. You need food delivered to your business, they're right there for you. Packaged meals, maybe for your next tailgate, whatever the case may be. Give them a call, 484-469-3222. That's 484-469-3222. Or go to stationtapcatering.com. That's stationtapcatering.com. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that.
All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready, all right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, I go to left, that fake mom. Mama, go up, up, up! She did it. Again, you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome back in. Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis, Barrett Brooks. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, Barrett. So um, we don't have we don't have a lot of details here. So we, we need the inquiring minds want to know what was going on with B. Brooks this morning into the beginning of this afternoon. Gunner, as, as, now as, you're as, muted, Gunner. As you should. You're still bro. muted. Still muted. I blame Xander. <laughs> Our producer Xander, it's his fault. What did he yes. do? He mutes, he mutes the mic when we go to commercial break. He forgot to tell me he had a brain freeze, ah. a momentary brain freeze. Okay. No blame is right. in. <laughs> All right. All right. But we're, we're, so, we're, um, we're, we're, we're finger pointing now. We're, we're fighting amongst right, ourselves. Right. Right. Yes. Right. Because fighting it's hot outside. Right. Oh, it is. It's super hot outside. All right. So what happened, man? What, what's going on? So actually, I have a court I have a, I have a court date today. It's at 1 o'clock. But I talked to the lady on Monday, and I told her the, the, the circumstance. Circumstances are this. I have a rental pro- I had a rental property in um in, in in Gloucester City, New Jersey. I just sold it in November. I got three tickets for the house. Ooh. Them not cutting the grass or maintaining the um snow and stuff like that. And each ticket you get for that is four hundred eighty five bucks. Oh, I had to pay it like three times before. What if you don't go out there and shovel it out? Because I didn't have anybody in there at, at the little time. You don't shovel it out, or if the grass gets too long in the in the, in the back of it, it's a row home in the back of a row home. Right, they'll find you. You know, they write tickets to you. So, so wait, so you how long ago did you sell the house? I'm sorry, so in again. November. Okay, wait so you, you haven't had the house in a while, right? So I sold it in November, the beginning of November. You're talking like I, seven seven months now. Okay, you, da, da, da. You, you tell me that in Jersey they find you for not shoveling a property or keeping the grass cut. Yes. Four hundred eighty-five bucks for a ticket. Yeah, that'll yeah. happen in Philly too. Really? Yeah. Huh? See, that's why I never moved to Jersey, man. They rob people in Jersey, man. Right, right, right. So, long story long, I sold the property. I get a ticket in the mail uh, in February. Two tickets in the mail for not shoveling the two times it snowed. Oh, one time it snowed in January, and the one time it snowed in um in February. So I get two tickets. Then I get another ticket in um mid-April. For the grass not being cut in the back, mm. that's almost fifteen hundred bucks. Yeah, that's then you got to pay the court costs and all that stuff also. Yeah, I'm not paying that. So huh. I had a court. They gave me a court date and it was on my birthday, May fifth. I said, no, I'm not, I can't go to court. I'm not. Why am I going to court? Because that's not my property. Mm-hmm. I get another um, in the mail. They want me to go June first. I said, I'm not going. Mm. So finally, I called the lady on Monday because I get another court um, appearance that they're going to have for today at one o'clock. She said, um, well, I understand that, but the courts, you know, the courts are backed up. The um, housing is backed up because they haven't, they haven't yep. made it official. 
that I sold the house. So house. they're thinking the house is still mine. None of this is your fault. None of this is your fault. You sold the property seven months ago and it's still not official that you sold it? It's ridiculous, da, da. man. Da, da. So I turn around. I, I, I She said, well, just come up at, at 9 o'clock and I'll see if I can get you you know, to talk to the judge or talk to whoever you need to talk to so you don't have to worry about this. Oh, and then she turned out, yeah, because my dad loves you. <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah, so, so I'm like, all right, I'm in. Yeah, right. So I show up there today at nine o'clock with my NBC swag. Fancy shirt. Oh, yeah. look at yep. you. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and trying to work back. it. Yeah. And I'm sitting there and I'm sitting there and I'm sitting there. She says, uh, they'll be in a minute. I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there. I'm like, what is going on? You know what I'm saying? What is going on? So finally it gets close to our meeting time. See, everybody, we meet, we go over the show at 11 o'clock. You know, even though it seemed like it's mass hysteria, we try to be on, you know, on point with, you know, us staying on topics. And everything. Even, even though that. it seems like we're totally unprepared. Yes. Right, 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 yeah. right. So and I'm like, guys, fellas, I can't make it. So I'm thinking, you know, she's going to, you know, get me in and out. No, I don't leave until uh, I think it was 10 minutes. No, 10 minutes before um, the uh, show at 12 o'clock. I'm still sitting there. So I finally Ooh. called. I called right. Zan. I said, Zan, man, I, I apologize, bro. He said, don't worry about it, you know. I understand because I thought I'd been out of it. I'm trying to take care of it so I could not miss the show at one right. o'clock. Man, right. yeah. I didn't want to miss the show at one o'clock. So yeah. I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to do it this way. Long story long, they come out there and say, hey, we can't do anything for you now. We're going to postpone this court date till next. I'm like, what do you mean you're going to postpone it? What? Here's you're you're going to keep getting fined. You're right. going to keep getting fined in the meantime. But hold on. I still got to go and, and, and go to court for Here's it. Here's oh the, um, the season I sold everything. The bill of sale. Yeah, Bill you have the deed, the deed, and the whole the, the whole deed thing, is yeah. theirs now. It's not me. Well, they're backed up. They we don't know what's going on. They're backed up on you know all that type of stuff. So they haven't registered you or not being the owner. And yada yada yada. Yeah. So I got to go back to court a, a month from now to 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 get all this taken care of. I will say I will say you know that all of these these indus, industries that uh, handle stuff like 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 city of Philadelphia city yeah. ways taxes. They're short of workers. They still are backed up for months. Um, and I, I feel bad for you, man, because you're going to have to fight this, but I would not pay those fines. You have the deeds and everything that you sold a house last November, right? Now, the row house last yes. November. Yes. I, I just want to know, how, where are these people that are checking these properties that dime people out that they weren't shoveled on such and such date or the grass it's wasn't It's a motor- police officer. A police officer goes around and yes, does this. Drives around and then and writes tickets for that. Yeah, because what ha- well here's what happens because it, let's say uh, let's say both uh, houses next to Barrett are shoveled. If a mailman or or somebody walking the dog or some yeah. kid slips and falls on the property, you know what I'm saying? Like uh, that's I that's get, yeah yeah that, that's what it's all about. Barrett, let me ask you, and you, you don't even have to do this. I'm just asking if you thought about doing this because you shouldn't have to, but just to avoid all this nonsense. Did you ever reach out to the person who bought it off you and say, "Hey, dude, what like or female, whatever, miss, what what's going on here? Like, are you not taking yes, care I of this?" Yes, I did. House? Okay. No, no, they said uh, we're in the house and everything. We've already done what half the uh, they they're done with all the um stuff renovations. They're, yeah, the renovations on it. They're about, they're about to start renting it out or selling it or whatever. We have no control over that. In fact, they're dragging their feet with us. Even if we wanted to sell it, we couldn't sell it because at this point, none of the information saying that we bought the house. Wow. Is there uh, yet? So uh, they can't. They're at a standstill because they can't get an OC. You know, saying for yeah. um for, for tape. Yeah. yeah, they can't get an OC because wow. nobody can go in the house because 
they can't prove that they own the house because they haven't switched everything over to them yet. Uh, so that's brutal for them because they're they own it, but they can't rent it right now. They can't rent or do anything right now. Damn, so man. that's so I, I'm 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 I was I'm sitting there now, and, and and the only thing I'm thinking to myself is there's no way that Rob and D Gun think that I'm in court right now. There's no way. <laughs> that's true. That is true. I thought you were out working on your car or something. <laughs> I, I wish that was the case. We. There was some boat discussion. There were some there yep. were some thoughts. I, I, I know it getting, was. Bar- I know it getting was. barnacles off a boat or something. That's correct. That's you know correct. What? what do you got? What do you have? More more uh what you what got? <laughs> I'm looking the paperwork. <laughs> we I don't need to paper. see your paperwork, man. You know, we don't need to see your address or anything. We trust you. It's one of the oh, few bro. times we trust you, Bear. Oh this my is, god. This is this is all to that to to, to that. Jeez. Oh my this, this is all it right here. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I, dude, I, I feel for you because here's the thing. We all know there is such a it's such a mess right now in terms of yep, lack course. of employees yep, like, on every nobody level. wants to work. Yeah. Walk I'll, like walk into a supermarket or walk into a a Home Depot. I, I don't, I'm just giving you examples. And you're gonna see like two or three people doing the work of like 10. Yes. It's crazy right now what's going on. You know, there. you know what's weird? You go to BJ's, um, and, and, and you know, which is like a Costco for people who don't know what BJ's is. And they used to have five, six, seven lines open. Yep. But over the last couple of years, you might have one or two lines open, but you have those self-checkout kiosk things, yes. you know, yeah. which yeah. drives me nuts. Now, if you got 10, 12 items, piece of cake, but if you got a whole cart full of stuff, you can only put so much on there. Yeah. You know, and every time you scan something, this says, please put it on there so they can, you know, it, it, it'll, it'll, uh, some kind of sensor let you know that you, you just, bought. but then you got to take stuff off and put it back under the cart so you can make room so you can put other stuff on it. You know, to get, and no, but say, that's what drives you nuts when you take when your bag is full and you take it off and you you put it in your in your cart, or you open yes. up a new bag, it shuts you down, you can't yes. keep rolling. And I'm like, and then you gotta sit there and wait. Call and the workers and she's gonna walk in. over, and I'm yeah. just sitting there like I don't know, I didn't do anything, like I'm not stealing. <laughs> right, that, right. She's like, I know, and she pulls her badge out, beep, and then you're ready yeah. to go again. But then I gotta go through this again when I'm on my next bag. Like but you go to Costco. Costco's like oh. assembly line, man. They got they got seven, eight lines. I mean, they keep people moving in Costco. I and don't it. get me wrong, I love BJ's. BJ's. I go to both of them. Um, but Costco, why more people want to work at Costco's than the BJ's? I don't get it. I don't understand it. All yeah. I, all I know is this: I was so hot and so mad that I, I just like you know what? I, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll just come back at the later date. I didn't even want to. I didn't want to do anything. Yeah, to say dude, anything. you totally wasted a morning. I'm not trying to make you feel worse. I'm just saying. Right, like, right. I, I'm, I'm pissed off right, for right. you because you completely right. wasted a morning of your time. Got up. And this thing isn't resolved. Yes. I, I, I yes. had to get up and take a shower. Well, yeah. I wait till after the show to take a shower. Yep. <laughs> really? Yeah. Do, do, do you take a bath? We were well, talking about baths earlier. Yeah, but you need to take a bubble bath. You Are you a, a bubble bath, bath guy like Merle Reese? But is there? Is there? Is there a? Bathtub big enough for me to take a bubble bath. In. <laughs> Come on, man. Good point. Come on, man. And, and I'm then not, I'm, I'm anti bath. Me ahead. too. And, and plus, yeah. it takes too much for me to get in and out of it. You yeah, know, when you get, yeah, you got to work. work your way down. Yeah, it's too much work, man. Hey, hey Bear, too when, much work. when you get out of the tub, is there like a ring in the tub? Uh, <laughs> no, man. I ain't dirty now, man. I'm just. Well, that's you know. what you get the tub for because you want to get the dirt off. My wife said <laughs> you missed it. She she actually chimed in because I said, yeah, I don't like taking a bath because when you get out, man, you got the ring in the tub. You got to scrub the tub with comet and all that stuff. And my wife said, "That's just filthy." I said, "Well, that's why you get a tub. Exactly. You get the filth off of you." I, I actually, actually, uh, the little known fact. Yeah. That um, like eighty percent of the the dust in your house is actually skin cells. 
and it's black correct. folks have melanin in their uh, skin. So when they're in the tub, it's not necessarily dirt. It's just your skin cells are in there and they have they have pigment in them. So that's why it looks like it's dirt. It's not actually dirt. So, we, so, so what's cell. what's my excuse? <laughs> <laughs> you dirty, dude. I'm just dirty. <laughs> so you're saying we peel like lizards? Is that yeah, it? Man. yeah, but yeah, he's saying I'm like... actually dirty. You just peel. Okay. <laughs> so... Hey, Barry, you missed it, man. Earlier, Rob, Rob, Rob said earlier, he says, I don't take, I don't take bath. You know, he made it sound like he hasn't taken he a bath dirty. since he was a kid. Yeah, I know. I'm like, I have to re- nasty, let me rephrase man. that. Time out. I like bathing. I don't take baths. I take showers. Okay? I'm clean. Straight up nasty, Rob. I'm clean. I'm clean. I swear. No wonder oh, your wife put you in a corner in the basement. Yeah, right. I'm not, right, not going to leave today. I'm just. You, you, got, you stay down there, yeah. Rob. You guys might want to check in with me around like 10 o'clock tonight. I'll be in the same spot. What do they do? What do they slide your. your, your uh, My meal. It's like I'm in prison. Here, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> Two hots and a cot. Yeah. Oh Bro, I remember after see now and his wife's the sweetest person in the world. But every time, you know, is 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 around this time, right? Well, no, it wasn't. It was just like in March when we worked together. It'd be like, Obi, it's that time. I'm like, yeah, you're right, man. I gotta go to the school to read to the kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when I couldn't say anything, yeah or nay, I just had I'll, I'll be there. <laughs> so Bar- Bar- Derek's done it too. But ba- ba- Barrett walks in and it's like the Pied Piper. They're all like, oh, and they all just get around him. And, and Barrett reads him Dr. Seuss or whatever he wants, one of his books. And, and they just go nuts. And that's all I hear about for the next, you know, whatever. But you guys are both killers. You guys, Michael B., Oh my God! They loved you guys, man. It, it was I love doing. I love doing it, man. It was oh, a lot of fun with the kids. They love it. Unfortunately, with COVID, they shut all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, right, hopefully, right, hopefully right. we'll get back to it at some point. But right, right, anyway, right, right. they loved it. The kids loved it. All right, so look, we're we're. I, I feel for you, dude, because I've had some some nonsense kind of stuff like that, and and it just drags on, and it's on your ways on your mind, and you want it to be resolved. It sucks. So I'm sorry. Right, you just and I and I'm definitely not paying. The fifteen hundred bucks in no, court no, costs. Don't. That, Do that not fifteen hundred. Yeah, well, no. it's 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 what? It's eight hundred and, and and um I mean um I'm sorry four hundred like eighty something dollars. Yeah, it adds up. It adds pop. up to almost that. Right, yeah, it's right. almost that. Yeah. yeah, they drag you into court and then want you to pay the court cost. Ah, da da. That's crazy, man. No that's doubt. ridiculous. On a hum, on a humbug. Once they do get to it in the next year. They'll realize that you don't owe it, but it's the inconvenience of you having to go through this. Well, mess. The, the other part is, how about you resolve it over Zoom so you don't right. have to get up, you know, trek to the you know courthouse or whatever? It's ridiculous, man. Anyway, ridiculous. I, I'm not trying to get you more fired up, but I, I feel for you. We, <laughs> got you, man. Um, I, I, this isn't gonna make you feel any better either. The Phillies last night that was brutal. <laughs> so I got off. So I stopped watching. I stopped watching. I think it was like. The beginning of the, the it was the top of the seventh or the bottom of the seventh, and they're up eight to four, eight right? To four, yeah. yep. They were losing four nothing, then they and went then up it, eight nothing. Yeah, like eight, four, eight, eight four. So I yeah. watch, I'm watching them lose. I'm like, oh man, loses. Then they come back. Mm-hmm. Then they score eight runs, you know, in, in, in two innings, and then I'm sitting back like, all right, they got this. So I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go ahead and do something else. And then I wake up the next morning, and I'm like, how the hell did they lose? Oh, you missed the best part of the game. When it became foul ups, bleeps, and blunders. Yeah, it was, I heard. Canable comes in, Barrett, and and twelve of his sixteen pitches are balls. A ball, twelve out of sixteen. Twelve out of your closer, your closer. He, so he comes in, and Familia was even more. Familia. Oh my goodness! Goes double walk, three run home run, 
in his yep. appearance. Okay. What? You talk yep. about they're gas oh, yeah. cans. Those guys are getting oh, yeah. that you walk up to a bonfire and just, you know, pour you know kerosene into it. That's what those two are. So and Canable's now got four blown saves on the season, by the way. Yep. And and speaking of that, today before the game, Rob Thompson said basically we're not putting him in high leverage situations anymore. Like he's out as the closer for right now. So who's so, who the guy, Sir Anthony? Sir Anthony? It's by committee. By committee. That's worse. That's even yeah. worse. I think I think that is code for it's Sir Anthony, personally. Like I mm-hmm. think today, if they need someone to close it, it's going to be Sir Anthony. But so, they have to, so hopefully he's healthy enough to go forward. Right. That's the other part, Barrett. Yeah. Can he go back to back? I, I, yeah. I mean, I don't know. So that was a disgrace. But Real Muto, as if he hasn't been bad enough at the plate, he's a double play machine at the plate. Okay. Oh, Grounds oh, yeah. in the double plays left oh, and right. Yeah. There's a foul pop. Like you uh, give um who was in at that point? Um Bata- oh my god, I'm trying to think of who was in. Bilotti. Bilotti was in at that point, Derek, after all these disasters. Yep. And actually pitched pretty well. Okay. He gets a foul pop, Barrett. Uh, behind home plate. Behind home plate, where he has to, you know, get over towards the dugout, but not all the way over. And the ball pops out of his glove and he misses it. Okay. Now well, when so you, are you talking about the the, the, the $20 catch. million dollar catcher? Yes. 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 Who still has like a hundred million left on his contract? Yes. No, seventy-two million left on his contract. Yeah, well, when we brought him here, he was supposed to be the best catcher in baseball. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So when you see it, when you see it live action, you're thinking, okay, he's looking out. It was more toward the fencing in the back backstop yeah. more so than the actual where dugout. the camera guys are with yeah, the long the camera guys. It's kind of right. So there. you know, it's the natural. The natural instinct is look up, look down, and see where you are. Look up, look down, make sure you're not running to the fence. He had plenty of room to make this catch. So when you see it live action. It looks like it, it hit off the tip of his glove. He missed. He misjudged it, but you see the slow mo replay. It hit in his glove and then popped straight up and out. So what happens two pitches later? I will set the stage for Mister Ellis, who's hot as a hornet's nest, to tell the story. So I can two, only imagine. Well, yeah. So naturally, it becomes a double, which scores two runs, which yep. makes it an eleven nine game, which basically, you know. You're not going to keep coming back like they had been in these games. Eventually, it's going to catch up to you. He should have gotten out of the inning with a tie. Yep. It, it should have been worst. a tie. At the worst. Yeah. At the worst. Now, even before that, earlier in the inning, there's a hot shot to Bohm who makes a real nice diving play. It's a, He makes a really nice play. He short hops the throw, which a good fielding first baseman picks clean, yep. which Reese Hoskins doesn't, and he's not. As hot as he is at the plate, he's still not good in the field. So that kind of, you know, snowballs and all those things start happening. Long story short, they lose a game where they ripped off eight unanswered. Yep. The offense did. And Reese Hoskins in the game, I've never seen a guy as streaky as Hoskins, by the way. Well, Reese no, Hoskins, go, he goes four Hos- for five yep. with two home runs and six runs driven. Guys, last 12 games, yep. five home runs and 12 RBIs. He's on what He's fire? Smoking. He's smoking. On fire. Yeah, right now. Yeah. And you wasted that. Last night, the worst I think, other than Real Muto dropping a pop up, the worst was in the seventh inning when Familia gives up a home run to to Stallings, who had one home run the entire year. He's a light hitting. Gave up a three run homer to this yeah. guy. Less that's, than well, that's where I, that's where I left. I left after that right there. Unbelievable. That's when I left. It but was, come on, uh, man, you you score eight runs, you're supposed to win the game. Period. No doubt. Period. No doubt. No doubt. It, I it will was, say, but you guys, I will say this about Florida. I can't say it enough. And we talked about it with McCarthy on the show yesterday. It's this one team. Now, now, now granted, the Marlins could have won the opener. They lost that one, what, two, three, two? 
Marlon should have should have won that opener. This team gives this team trouble for whatever reason. It's like the Phillies play out of their minds against this team. I expect another crazy game this afternoon but, in the series but, finale. I do too. But hold on, now look at this. There's still there's still a chance they win this series though. They just got to yeah, sure. Correct. Sure. Absolutely. As bad as it was, the beauty is twelve hours later you're turning this thing around and playing basically. You know, yeah. And, and you can you can win the series. And yeah. and the uh the pitcher for the Marlins today, Pablo, what's his um. He's not pitching today. Yeah. Um, What's his uh, name? Uh, what the heck is his name? Pablo. Uh, oh, man. Can't think of his name. But he's not. He Now, he's a really good pitcher. He's yeah. not pitching for the Marlins today. Yeah. Yeah. They caught a bit of a break uh, yeah. with that. So, Hopefully. yeah. Hopefully. Well, yeah, in theory. But you never know when it's the Marlins. So, you have Gibson, who you're going need to need to step up today, who's, you know, been a good fifth starter. It's Daniel Castano who's pitching for the, uh, okay. for the Marlins, who's – 0 and 1 with a, a zero. Pablo Lopez. Thank you. Lopez. Thank you, Lopez. Yeah. You know, see, here's the thing. Uh, and I'm watching the Marlins these two games, and I'm thinking, why is as scrappy as this team is, and they just beat Houston two out of three, why are they below 500 record wise? If you look at them, they're a team that, that's not a disciplined team at the plate. Nice. They are a free swinging team. They're taking their hacks left and right. You know, uh, what's the name? Uh, Aguilar. That dude, if he ever controlled his swing, that dude would hit 30, 40 home runs a season. He's swinging at pitches. <laughs> he is a big boy, man. He's a big man. If he, you know, he he should hit he should hit pitches to the moon. Yeah, he should. <laughs> but he's so undisciplined, and the whole lineup is like that. Dude, they take their hacks, and you know that's one thing about them. You, they're they're going to get their money's worth at the plate, and they're either going to hit. Now, if you look at the record, they're only one game behind the Phillies in the loss column. Mm-hmm. They're three games behind them in the win column, but only one behind them in the loss column. So Florida's right there. The, the Marlins are right there. If if they just if they get any kind of consistency whatsoever in their hitting, they're going to be heck to deal with down the stretch. Oh God, yeah. I mean, they're, yeah. You don't completely count them out of a wild card. No, I mean, they're no. going to be in. They're going to be in conversations. You know that's for sure. But the, it, it's they have got to they got to make a move here, guys, to get something for the back end. You know they're paying Canable ten million a year. He got ten million. <laughs> ten million for this year. Ten million. Well, I mean, see that, but see that's 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 management. You know what I'm saying? You know, I mean, I don't know. Not it's not the GM, but I mean, he brought him in. I know. You know what I'm saying? He oh, this is on Dabrowski. This is on Dabrowski. Yeah, well, look at what look at, he, brought he brought Familia and Canable in. Well, look what look at what they're playing Real Muto. Yeah. Look how much they're paying him. I just yeah. said it. Twenty million. Yes, yeah. twenty million for him. Ten million for Canable. And they're not getting his money. Their money's worth no, now. Luckily, not. the top of the order. Batters one through four have been carrying this team. Now the young guys have stepped in at the bottom mm-hmm. of the order and had some clutch hits, but for the most part, uh, Schwarber and Hoskins have been setting the tone for this team during this hot streak they've been on. Yeah, yeah. The only guy, and he he looks like he's a little bit coming out of it now is Castellanos, a little bit, but he's got to pick it yeah. up. But the other yeah. guys, you know, Hoskins is out. Is I honestly, guys, I can't other than. Maybe like Nick Foles when he plays for the Eagles versus anybody else. Right. I can't remember somebody as streaky as yeah, Ho- yeah. because Hoskins is either the worst hitter you've ever seen or he's the greatest hitter. I, I mean, there is yeah. no in between with this guy. And right now you ride it because he's hot. I mean, he's he's like I said, in, insane what he's doing lately. Hey, but, would you guys would you guys mind if I dip out of the show at one o'clock to watch the Phillies game and I'll, I'll check in periodically with you guys? Uh, would you mind if I? Would, you do what I'm, you got to do, man. I'm just asking. You know, I'm yeah. asking for a friend. Asking for a friend. Yeah. <laughs> hey, lastly, not to get, bring people down even more about this, but Eflin uh, having—if you didn't hear—he didn't come back out for the seventh because he had some knee soreness. 
Yeah, yeah, people were screaming. That. People well, were screaming. Why he didn't come out for the seven? Right, they were. But the thing is concerning is he's had two surgeries on that knee. He had yep. he had double knee surgery like three years ago. He had surgery on it last year, and now it's sore again. That right one. That's not. And he's a big man. He's a big dude. Well, so yeah, that's not good. Uh, to be honest with you guys, um, this when you say surgery, I mean I think he is almost like he got a sculpt or something. Is that what he got? He got he has. Patella tendonitis, and they and he he. Well, got, who doesn't as an athlete, man? Who doesn't? Yeah, I, I, you, you pushing off those legs though, Barry. Yeah, Barry. Yeah, yeah, when you're I, pushing and you're twisting your body full, yeah, torque a lot of contortion. Off those legs. Yeah, Woo. bro. I played in the NFL twelve years, bending over and 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 smashing guys in a bent knee position for yeah. for, for, for for for, you know, I twelve years. So I mean, I understand what he's going through. Not all well, men are created equally, Barry. That's right, true. man. I mean. They're not all superhuman like NFL linemen. Bro, I just don't. I mean, I understand it can have some soreness, but this better not be something that's going to put them on the IL, man. Yeah, it's concerning. It better not uh, be, man. All right, let's uh, let's step aside, and when we come back, we'll talk with Keith, po- Keith Pompey. I might uh, be back. I got, watch, I got a game to watch. Oh, okay. And, and we don't know <laughs> if Derek's going to be here or not, but we'll, we'll figure it out. But Keith's going to join us when we get back. We'll talk some sections. I just saw a tweet that he put out. That will, I think, will interest people uh, in in what direction uh, this offseason may be going for the organization, and, and you know what the Sixers may be up to, what they may be trying to do. So we'll talk about that and everything else offseason with the Sixers when we get back with Keith Pompey from the Philadelphia Inquirer, Sixers beat writer. He is Barrett Brooks. He is Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, let me uh, let me tell you a little bit about um, Jim Murray because Jim Murray was the guy who I was searching for the right person to help me with my future, with my finances. And I was lost for a while and I found Jim and Jim is a guy that I wholly trust with my finances and it's Jim and it's principal financial group, whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review. If you have a small business and you're trying to set up your employee benefits, he can help you with that too. I entrusted my 401k, my IRA, with him, I had a rollover situation. I didn't get all the ins and outs of it, and he explained it very well to me and got me on the right path, and I haven't looked back since, and I certainly appreciate it. You will, too. You can give him a call at 610-996-4751. That's 610-996-4751. Or you can email him, murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at principal.com. That's murray dot Jim at principal.com. Go for the pulls and the pools. Go for the oohs and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that.
Action News, we cherish every moment, and it's our profound responsibility to bring you closer to your world. Never miss a moment. Trust the people at Action News. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready, all right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mom. Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. One o'clock hour. Welcome back in, everybody. Sports take. Rob Ellis, Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks. I, I, I needed my my Sixers fix today. I, I needed my. I had had a had a had a need for speed for the, some Sixers talk and reached out to Keith Pompey yesterday from the Philadelphia Inquirer. He agreed to jump on with us today. And of course, you can follow him on Twitter at Pompey on Sixers. And, of course, Inquirer.com does a great job on there. And Keith, about 24 minutes ago, threw a tweet out there saying, Source Sixers gauging interest in Tobias Harris, Matisse Thibel, and others. And we welcome them to the show right now. Keith, first up, man, how are you? How's everything going, man? I'm, I'm doing well. I'm, I'm laughing at Barrett, though. What's, what's up, fellas? Hi, but, um, you know, Barrett's talking about making fun of this dude. And Bear was like seven. They caught him eating glass before a football game or something like that. You know what I mean? So he's talking about tough. Come on, bro. Yeah, he was doing, he was doing like the back in my day thing, Keith. He was giving yeah. you that, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. Um, uh, you're muted, Barrett. Go ahead. Anytime you make a 10 mil a year, man, come on, man. You know, 10 million a year, I, I don't know what I might do, bro. Talking about glass. I'm talking about eating a whole – I eat a whole case of glass then, you know. 10 mil a year? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, well, he's getting paid anyway, even if he isn't eating the right, grass, right, 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 with, right. with baseball. Uh, Keith, so let, let's start with that one, man. Um, I, it's one of the questions I was going to ask you is, you know, what I guess for starters, what is the market for Tobias? Is there a market for Tobias? You know, that's, that's tough because, you know, when you look at Tobias Harris, and again, I like Tobias, but you, you look at him two ways. You can say, you know, here's a guy that's making thirty seven million dollars. Um, Am I really going to get a trade for a guy making 30? Or you can say to yourself, like, hey, you know, he was the third or fourth option since he came here, and maybe he can go somewhere and, and he can become the man. Now, I think that if they do trade him, most likely it's going to have to be to a team that's struggling, that that has a lot of cap space, but they're also going to not only want the first-round pick that the Sixers have now, they're, they're going to want something down the road. You know what I mean? I, I just don't see um, right now a, a team that's contending that's going to be able to justify, you know, bringing in a guy who's going to make $37 million. And and on top of that, I like Tobias, but you guys know he's up for an extension for three years, 152.6 mil. So, so you know, um, my man talking about $10 million, right? Yeah, so, that's, that's a lot of glass. What? 
yeah, yeah. That, 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 there's a lot that um you have to think about if you're going to acquire to buy jeez man uh gunner you're muted man oh there we go all right there you so go. so keith when i hear you when i hear you say that I, I look at it, Tobias as okay. He's he's a good trade bait in some regards, but he's also one of the few core pieces that you're trying to build around to enhance this product. So if you trade him, no matter what you get for him, isn't that kind of like a parallel move? Because you really haven't strengthened your team. You've given up an asset to get an asset, but now you need an additional asset to try to, or two to make this thing better. Yeah, it, it, that's another great point, um, and, and I agree with that because. You know, ideally, if let's just say if Tobias was a James Harden type yeah. or before James Harden came or, or Joel, you know, you can justify saying, OK, we're going to get rid of him, but we're going to get three maybe quality mm -hmm. pieces, right, to help us out. But right now, with, with Tobias being a fourth option on his team, because you have to include Maxi in, in, in that mm -hmm. mix, teams aren't going to be as willing to give you what you want. You know what I mean? Now you yep. can use his his salary. You can use his salary, but you have to add Maxi in order to get like a top notch player. Mm -hmm. But then after that, what do you have? You lost two starters mm -hmm. for one. So, you know, that is the hard part about getting rid of Tobias. I mean, I think the best thing is where they have to all get in the room. I'm talking about Tobias and, and ownership and say, look, we're paying you a lot of money. We, we, we know we're going to get criticized for it, but you but the best way that you can help us is if I continue being the third or fourth option and doing the role player stuff for us. Because, you know, if not, I don't think if you think that you're going to trade him and you're going to get a lot back in return, I, I don't see that happening. Mm. I, I, Tobias, at this point, um, is he a, is he a must, you know? I don't think so. Is Maxi a must? I'm still at the point where I, I think he's not untradeable, but I think he's the best thing we got going as far as being that third guy in the bunch. So if I'm going to pick between those two, I'm going to go with, with, with Maxi. But we're talking about the same player, you know, essentially that, you know, that doesn't give you what we need as far as from a defensive standpoint or an offensive standpoint in either one of those two. And that's what we need more than anything. We don't have a shooter, and we don't have a guy that's going to go out there and be that tough, hard-nosed guy. Are one of those guys so untouchable that we can't go out and get a guy like, you know, a, a, a like a like a Butler? I mean, is that too out of the realm for both of those guys? You mean to go back and get Butler, bring him back, or bring a person back like Butler? Like I mean, Butler. I, I, I think it's tough because when you look at again, you look at the value and and how much Tobias's contract is worth, right? You know, let's face it, it's kind of like when you go get a car, man. Like, you know, you and the uh, in, in the car dealership, the, the, the salesman, you guys are negotiating going back and forth. You're like, look, man, there's a ding in here, dude. I'm not paying for that. Or like, like it needs new tires, right? Mm -hmm. Well, what they're saying is he was your fourth option. Why am I going to give you like a perennial all-star for a guy who's never made an all-star team and is a fourth option? Well, I'm saying this, though. Mm -hmm. this, this one, I, I meant to say it like, let me say it and be more clear about it. Because mm -hmm. I didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings, you know, Tyrese or, you know, but are both of those guys worth a Donovan Mitchell? That's that's essentially what I'm looking for. 
Wow, you know what? You know, here's the thing. They, they, like, okay, I'm a, I'm a word. I'm gonna put it to you this way. So we look at Donovan Mitchell right now, right? We say that Donovan Mitchell is scoring a lot of points. He's having a career season. He's making thirty million dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Tobias is making thirty-seven. Yes, you can make that trade, but when it comes down to me saying that I may have to give up Tobias and Maxi for Donovan Mitchell, yes. I don't know if I want to do that. And here's my reason. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. When you have a guy like Joel Embiid on your team, Joel Embiid is going to get the bulk of the shots. Everything is going to be around him. So that Donovan Mitchell that we're seeing in Utah, who has always been the first option, that's not going to be his role, right? And so he may not be happy with that role, and he may not be the same player. Again, I get it. But what I'm saying is, I'm not willing to add Maxi to that deal because mm-hmm. right now when I'm looking at Maxi and I know what you're saying, you know, there's certain things he has to prove upon, but we're talking about a guy who's going to be a third year player still on his rookie contract. And if you look at the 76ers, they're good guys. It just seems like they gave up on Jimmy. You look at Jimmy's doing Al was struggling. You see what Al's doing, but Maxi had moments where he could become a star. He's not quite there yet, but it's one of those things where if Donovan Mitchell was the man and everybody was excited about him, they wouldn't be trying to trade. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you got to be a little careful of, you know, because let's face it, I'm, Tobias Harris, when Tobias was at um, the Clippers, he was a pick and roll machine, right? He gets this money. Everybody's excited. You remember when Tobias came here? It was right. like a, It was like a parade. And then we had a big three then. We had a big three. A big three. We had a big three. Yep. But Tobias was a pick-and-roll player. They had him standing in the, in the corner. They had him, like, doing other things, being a backup point guard, doing all these other things, to whereas he's not being utilized the way that, you know, he would have liked in the, to the way he, he should be getting, like, a player that's getting paid the way he is would be. And now we're all saying, get him out of town. So my thing is, Yes, he, he could improve his play, but at the same time, I would hate for them to go out there and spend all that on a certain guy, and then all of a sudden he mm-hmm. can't live up to the expectations that they have because Jimmy didn't really do it. In the playoffs he did, but y'all remember there was times in the regular season where Jimmy Butler had five points, and we were like, what, what, what happened? Mm-hmm. Al Horford looked lost. So my thing mm-hmm. is – I can understand making the trade for Tobias and Donovan, but I don't know if I want to add Maxi to that one. You know, yeah. you know, I don't know if I want to add Maxi to that. Well, let, let me, see, Keith, I put I put Maxi in the category right now, untouchable for this team. I want to see what this kid can do within a structure, because then you got to find another point guard. If you get rid of him and Tobias, now you got to find another point guard. I think this kid can be electric, and I think he's fearless. You know, he's a little wispy guy, needs to put on a few pounds, but I think. I think he's one of those guys too. Like I said, a small group of core guys that you're trying to enhance this product around. And and I, I would put I would go so far as to put Maxie in the category of untouchable. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it depends now. It depends untouchable. Like like let's say if the Sixers said they want to go out and get Bradley Bill, I think they might consider that a little bit, just a little bit. But at the same time, I'm with you though. I yeah. Time I'm with you. I'm with you. Would you? Would you? I, everybody's hyped oh. up on this Bradley Beal. My problem with him is 
You don't know when he's going to play. When he's, he's healthy, hurt when he's all the play. time, and nobody and I, talks I, about that. When he's on, the boy's electric, but you don't know how long you're going to have him. He doesn't defend either, and that's this team needs defense in the war. So I don't want to get off on a whole Beal rant, yeah, but yeah. how do you feel about Beal, Keith? You know what? I you know I I, I kind of I was just joking when I said that that, but um, I'm kind of yeah. like I'm kind of sort of in the same way. You know, like Bradley Bill. You know, I, I think we get caught up in statistics and we and mm-hmm. we think it's all going to be the same. Yep. And you guys said one thing that two things that really stand out. He's injury prone and he doesn't play defense. Now he scores the, the attraction to Bradley Bill is that, you know, he had back to back seasons, one where he scored 31 points, mm-hmm. the other one he scored 30. So everyone was excited about that. He's not going to score that as a 76er. He's not at all. And then there's also the attraction and everyone's saying it. But, you know, yesterday I'm, I'm watching TV or actually I'm on my phone. And then next thing you know, he does an Instagram live with him, like talking about, uh, you know, a woman's um, program in D.C. and how he's helping that out. And he's at, uh, you know, a, a Washington's um, WNBA game. So he doesn't even seem like he wants to leave. But everyone is excited about him. But I'm with you guys. I just don't see – I see him being a great player, you know, yeah. always being a great player, yeah. but I don't see him being that guy that everyone in Philadelphia thinks he will be playing alongside Joel Embiid and mm. James Harden. I just don't see it. Keith, you, you brought up Horford, and I just while we're, while we're on the subject, you know, you look at his time here, and was that more of they didn't use him properly like you're talking about with Harris, uh, Ben Simmons, and he weren't a good fit, uh, or – you know, frankly, he didn't maybe give the effort that he should have given. Like, wh- why did he? Does he look like the fountain of youth guy? And he was terrible. Well, a non-factor here. I think they didn't use him properly. Um, you know, Al is kind of like a professional. One thing I will say, I mean, they didn't use him properly. If you look at it, the spacing was horrible. Matter of fact, I looked at a, I saw a picture two days ago of of that starting lineup. Right, they had Al Horford on the block. You had Embiid at the three-point line about to shoot a shot. You had Ben Simmons over um, by himself wide open, like on the other side of the perimeter, and Al is being double teamed and the guy's charging at Embiid. So when you look at that, you say there's no spacing. So the only how Al could get the ball and be impactful a lot of times was being a trailing big and they kicking the ball out to him as a three. You know, and we all thought it was because of him and Embiid, but it was actually because of Simmons. Like, you know, Al is pretty good at the picking and popping. They never did that with him. But 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 also what they what they did is when when there were games when Ben didn't play and him and Al and Embiid was on the floor and they had a guard who can shoot, both of these guys had pretty good games. It just Mm -hmm. so happens whenever Ben Simmons was on the floor. He struggled. So I feel like it was one of those things where we all know that Joel's the man. He gets to do what he wants to do, and he's the first option. But I felt like, you know, you don't want to bench Ben Simmons. But as long as Ben Simmons was on the floor, Al Horford was just going to struggle in a role that was uncommon for him, unnatural for him. And, and, and that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, let, let me let me stay on that for a minute with Thibel, uh, because I'm curious what – What's your sense of what the organization thinks of him? Because last summer, I wouldn't go untouchable, but I would say a highly valued guy that they would want to continue to try to develop. It feels like now, and you reported this on, on your tweet, they're looking to move him. What, where do things stand with Thibel? 
Yeah, what they're doing right now is, you know, from what I hear, Daryl Morey likes them. But, you know, I mean, you bear, you can speak to this. General managers and owners love players. And then all of a sudden, like, I'm sorry, bro, but we got, we got a better yeah, deal, yeah. right? So you yeah. got to go. I hate to do it to you, but. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so I hear that they like, I hear that Daryl likes them. You know, this is his first summer where he can actually focus on his offensive game. But, you know, from what I'm hearing is, they're, they're looking at it like he's a quality defender, but offensively he struggles. And in the playoffs, if you guys notice, whenever he was in there, they were basically playing four on five. Mm-hmm. The, the other team, the guy would roam around or, the, or he would double team someone else and they were leaving him wide open to a point where they had to play offensive defense with him and Niang. So I think like the Sixers love him. They love his defensive energy, but – but it's one of those things where offensively, if he doesn't make, um, if he doesn't improve, then he has to go. And here's another situation with him. He's up for an extension this year too. So, um, you know, if not, they can do a, he can opt in, they, well, they could do an option the next year, but it's one of those things. They got to hurry up and decide on what they're going to do with this kid. And if they're willing to um, trade him to bring in somebody that's going to have an immediate impact, based on him just being a one-way player, then then he 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 can go if they get the right offer. Mm. I just don't know where this team is as far as, you know, I mean, we you know, we 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 haven't talked about Doc Rivers and how, you know, everybody wanted to oust Doc Rivers uh in his coaching style. I, I mean, I think he did all right um towards the end, but the beginning, man, it was it was it was it was horrible when he was trying to play guys that shouldn't have been on the court, you know what I'm saying? You know, I mean, why are we talking about DeAndre Jordan being on the court and, and, and trying to, you know, and playing, you know, with Embiid, you know, where, where is he in all this, you know, in this mix of, of, of everything that's going on? We're not talking about Doc Rivers. We're not talking about, you know, guys like, you know, DeAndre Jordan being on the team, guys like George Niang, who's just a, I mean, he's just so one dimensional, but Doc like, likes these guys. How do we go forward with Doc? You know, I think a lot of that has to do with, the things that the other players can't do, you know, and, and, you know, I, I think that uh, when, when we talk about Paul B-ball Paul, right. Um, you know, he's, he's a, a, a great energy guy, but there was a time where he was struggling a little bit, you know, with knowing, and I'm not going to say the plays, but where to be in certain situations. Right. You know, he just was always out of position. And I feel like when you have like a coach, who's used to dealing with veteran players and guys like are always out of position, you kind of lose confidence in them and they go in the doghouse a little bit. Right. Mm -hmm. So when you look at what doc rivers did, he's saying to himself, like, okay, I coach DJ DJ isn't close to the player he was for me with the Clippers, but what am I going to do? Like, am I going to put in, um, you know, am am I going to put in Paul Millsap who's like, shot a little bit, a little bit over the hill, undersized, you know, as a center? Am I going to play um, uh, Charles Bassey, who's still young, and maybe the moment might be too big for him? So it's like, hey, look, the team went out there and traded Drummond. They gave me Jordan as the backup. I'm just going to have to play him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, you know, I, I feel like he just went with what was in front of him because of you know, some of the deficiencies that the other guys had. Now, you are correct. He did switch it up. But I but I do think that 
a lot of that is more has to do with the pieces that he had um, readily available to him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and it was more of like lack of ability to make quality trades, lack of um, the um, lack of, uh, excuse me, inability to, to get good guys in the buyout market. And this is what the coach was, was stuck with. Mm. I let, let me, I can't believe we've gone this far, but the, the Harden situation, uh, what's your sense here, Keith? Does he opt in one, two, are they going to extend him beyond that? What's your sense? Please no, please, <laughs> please no. My my sense is that he will opt in, and and, and the uh-huh. reason being is because you know, is I know the brother made seventy something million last year with endorsements and his kind. God, of, no. but, I, but I think um, you know, leave, leaving forty seven million dollars on the yeah. table is kind of tough. Now, yeah. with that being said. I don't think that the Sixers, unless he's going to take a drastic pay cut, I don't think that the Sixers are going to pick up the option. I, I, I just don't. And and the reason being is they're not going to pick or excuse me, they're not going to extend him. That's what I yeah. meant to say. Beyond this year. Extend him because, you know, you, you can extend him this summer or you can wait until he becomes a free agent. And if he's, you know, plays to a certain level, you can offer him more years than anyone else. You know what I mean? So right now, I don't think that the market is as high for him as it was before he came here. So I don't think that they have to hurry up and like snatch him up right now uh, for fear that somebody's going to come in and, and take him from. Him. I, ho- I hope that's the case. I look, you can't do anything anything about him opting in, but I I just fear. Look, Keith, maybe I make too much of this. I just fear that Maury is so obsessed with him that he doesn't see the shortcomings and will extend him. And we'll, we'll go get some report that, hey, we got a deal. It's only $35 million a year for three more years. And you're like, what? <laughs> like, that's really what I hope doesn't happen, man. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I know I'm not even asking you a question here. I'm just ranting. But I, that's my fear. That's kind of where yeah. I'm at. Yeah, I, I got you. Yeah, and I was like, "What they're gonna say? That's a bargain deal." Yeah, they're gonna say the hamstrings healed, and we got him at, at, at you know at, at a cut rate deal. And I know that's where I, I just feel it in my bones, and I hope I'm wrong. I hope that's yeah. not what's gonna happen here. Hey Keith, when you look at the Sixers' current cap numbers, is there is there a way they could find a mid level, a mid level shooter, and a mid level tough guy uh, without upsetting the the financial apple cart too much? I mean, oh, that's a bad you know, pause, man. Crazy. I don't think they can. I mean, because the, mm. so here's the problem. Like what they're saying is like, and and again, I'm sorry, I don't have all this stuff uh, in front of me, but I'm just so I'm just ad libbing, so to speak. But um, let's just say if they go out and they get like somebody with one of their exceptions, or if they do a sign and trade, well, they can't go so high over the the threshold, like the salary cap threshold. So it's like they're kind of like strapped. And and mm. believe it or not, I know this sounds crazy, but 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 I don't know if they want to do this. But some people say the best bet for them to rebuild and get back on track would probably be trading Joel Embiid because he's the only Ooh. person you can get value for. But at the same time, if you do that, then you're basically handing the keys over to James Harden, and you don't want to do that. I mean, let's face it, Joel Embiid is is the franchise, and and I don't see them doing that. But I, I don't know, like, you know, if you can probably, you know, trade Danny Green's salary 
and then get another player for $10 million. And what that team would do with Wade, Danny Green, that could happen. But, you know, I don't think they have a lot of options. And that's part of the reason why they're sending out these fillers to all these teams. Like, who do you want? Well, so that that brings me to this question then. Can you win a championship with a center these days? I mean, I don't know. Because, I mean, the two teams that are in the – in the um, you know, in, in the playoffs right now, they're still playing. Don't have really a dominant center, you know. Yeah, so and that's just a guard-driven league now. Is Embiid just a dinosaur now that he, he we can't win with him being the 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 focal point of the um of the team period? You know, and that, that that's funny because everybody talks about that. Like how many? Like I, I was on the phone um heading over. Like I'm over one of my buddies' crib, and I like I, I was heading over here. I was on the phone with another like friend talking about. Dang, how the two best players in the league can't get out of the second round? Talking about Embiid and Joker, right? So, so you look at it now, and, and you're seeing where some of these quality teams are like so undersized, or where they don't even have a center. So you, you, you're saying to yourself, like, maybe it still is a guard league. Like I know what Embiid and, and Joker are doing, but it just seems like you know, right about now, um, if you don't have a great guard initiating your offense and setting other people up. Um, it, it just seems like you can't go far in today's in, in today's NBA. Now, you know, Embiid is a great player and, and so is, is the Joker, but you know, the fact is neither one of them has gone far in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah but the, the, the counter that would be you have to have great guard play or yeah, like exceptional yeah. defenders like Boston does, but but go ahead, Yarn. Yeah. yeah, Keith, I wanted to ask you about this Boston-Golden State series. And the one thing, and I brought it up on the show the other day that just drives me nuts is I see a lot of Ben Simmons playing the paint. You see them moving the ball around the yard. All of a sudden, they get a guy and give it to the guy in the paint. He's got two or three feet of space. And instead of turning and trying to flip up the short J, he's kicking it back out beyond the arc for a higher percentage shot. And I'm thinking, what happened to the inside game in the NBA? Yeah, it's a little different. I think that guy you're talking about, it's like, you know, he's, he's struggling. Like, is, is this the same guy that has more fouls and shot it and then points or something like that? But yeah. it's both teams, though. It's both teams doing this. I'm like, what are you doing? You got a bunny basket right here. Take yeah, it's, the shot. It's, it's not yeah. just Draymond. I, but I, I, mean, I, I hear you. I'll, I'll dive yeah, about it. Yeah. yeah, it's different. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's different. It, it, it's different. It's, it's, it's a lot of things. I mean, I mean, think about it. It's, back in the day, it was everybody was more polished. The bigs did what you said. They they turned yeah. around, made that move. Nowadays, yeah. it's like you you make it. You become the man for being the most athletic dude, not the best shooter, but the most athletic guy who can pass the ball. It's ridiculous. That's crazy. That's ridiculous. So on that on that theme, Keith, and we appreciate your time today. Who, who wins, man? And so we're we're up, heading into Game Six tomorrow night. Goes back to Boston. Boston's down three two. Um, you know, it was kind of ugly for them last game for sure. What do you do? You think they have enough to to summon a win at least in the in the Garden? I think they can win the game again. I think they can win in the Garden, but I think they lose if, when it goes yeah. back to San Francisco. Yep. You know, I mean, the thing about it is, you know, NBA is is crazy, uh, especially with the playoffs. Like once teams get embarrassed and and it's their back against the wall, sometimes they tend if they have any fight in them. They come out and play strong. So I expect Boston to do that. But I, I can't see them winning winning this series now. I, I think uh Golden State is gonna get this. I never thought I, in game I never thought in game five I would see Golden State outplay Boston at its own game in defense. 
I didn't think Golden State had that kind of makeup in the first half of the game. That shocked me that Golden State beat them at their own game. Yeah, that that, that was crazy, right? It was. I mean, you know, the, the thing about, you know, the, I like the Boston Celtics in regards to the players that they have, but there were certain times in that game and certain times in other games where you realize why you say to yourself, they're not ready yet. I mean, mm-hmm. they are, you know, like there are certain players like Steph Curry, you know, like LeBron James, guys who are on a, a, a different level. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right now you look at the Boston core and you say to yourself, like, he still has a ways to go. Like mm-hmm. people are comparing them like uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. You know, they, they're comparing them to some of the greats. But right now you look at it and you can tell that they still have steps to make. And I, and I, and I, when you look at the, um, the Golden State Warriors uh, team, you know, for the most part, they all know their roles and, mm-hmm. and they perform their roles. And that's why they bring out the toughness. That's why they do whatever. And it's, it's Steph's team. You know, to a point where, but when Steph is struggling, you notice that some of these guys are good enough to step up and take up the slack. But mm. once he comes back, like next game, I do expect him to be the man again, and I expect them to go to their roles. And and that way, I think that's part of the reason why we can see them beating Boston at their own game because mm. they're tough. You know, they, they want to be tough, and they don't want to have the stereotype that we're a finesse team. No well, that's the, they just they just beat them just just because of experience. They've been there before. They've been in this situation before, and you saw they didn't shake. You know what I'm saying? They they just went out there and just executed. And I thought Boston stopped executing. I mean, anytime you drive to the hole, and you, I mean it's a simple layup. Just just simply just lay it up. I mean, just drop it. You know what I'm saying? And they kick it out. Like, come on. I mean, the Celtics are a fundamentally sound team, but the last two games, they have not been fundamentally sound. A lot of turnovers still. They have have not. And can I say one thing, though? And I don't want to put y'all on the spot, but Mm -hmm. part of the toughness they have is a guy from Milwaukee, Looney, who basically, he like, I mean, let's face it, he, and, and, you know, he was one of these dudes who was like McDonald's All-American. I believe they retired his jersey at his high school, you know, the whole nine. And when he gets into the league, he, first of all, he was a late draft pick because of the injury, but he gets into the league and he realizes, like, look, I got to reinvent myself. I got to be this lunch pal dude. Well, you know, a big guy, but I got to be this lunch pal dude. And I think that when you have a guy like that and you also have Draymond, who people hate on, but but he still knows what he can do and what he can't do, that, those are the things that propels you to a championship. You know what I mean? Those type of tough tough guys. Yeah, well said. And I, think, well said. I think it was a smart move by Steve Kerr. He took Looney out of the starting lineup and used him off the bench as basically a sixth man, and they've started playing a lot better well, since he made that move. It helps so keep him bad. out of foul trouble, too. He does commit. I like him, but he commits a lot of fouls quickly, yeah. that's for sure. But, but you but you heard Keith say, where's Looney from? Where's he from? <laughs> now, here we go. <laughs> I'm just saying, we just tough people Keith, in Milwaukee, Keith, bro. did you really have we to just, tee him up like just, that? We just mentally tough people in Milwaukee, man. What do you want me to say, bro? You should know better, man. I know, Keith. I'm a little disappointed in you. should know better, okay? Hey, the, man, the expert said it himself, man. Here Mentally we go. tough. That's what right. we're all about in the Midwest, bro. I thought I was going to get a day where I didn't have to hear about Milwaukee, but <laughs> no, suddenly hey, I did. Hey, I'm, okay. I'm just saying. Right. You know, hey, the expert, the analyst, he said it, right? All your we fault, have a confirmation. Keith. All your That's fault, what I love man. about him. He's honest, man. Okay. The day is long. He's honest. I'm emotional right now. Go ahead. Keith, on that note, 
Thank, thank you. We apologize. Because Gunner will never stop. He will yeah. never stop. We, so, right, bro. we, we, we know you have other things to do with your day. So we thank you for. <laughs> well, look, y'all, thanks for having me, though. I really appreciate, appreciate it. it. Thanks, appreciate Keith. It, Take care, man. Yeah. Oh, always great. To, great information. And again, I follow him on Twitter. Follow him, his work at theinquire.com. He's he's an excellent re- reporter, man. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. I, I just don't. I mean, I, I think we've been forgetting about Doc, man, and how Doc really kind of screwed us up. This I agree. Also, man. I haven't forgotten about. I'm, try- <laughs> I'm, try- I'm, I'm trying to forget Barrett, but I can't. No, I, I'm with you. I know I don't like. I can't. I can't give Doc a pass, man. Like no. we're, we're, you know, this whole notion that give him an off season where he's got Harden here and all these guys to. Okay, I don't buy any of it, man. I just think he is yeah. what he is. You know, I don't know. I think the same thing. Uh, I think it's a scary thought. You know, Keith bring, brought up a good point. There's a possibility. Do you get to a point where you you trade Embiid? But if you trade Embiid, then you step out of that realm of one of the top five, six, seven teams in the East. Yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying so. It's it's like damned if you do, damned if you don't. But but at some point, you know, Embiid's going to get frustrated if this continues to happen. He's not going to bite his tongue. He's you know he know he says what he feels. You know, come rain or shine, he's going to say what he feels, and then the organization's got to make a decision. Do we want this going forward? Or do we have to go in another direction again? I, mean, I don't think there yet. There, um, excuse me. I don't think they're there yeah, yet, Derek. Yeah. But I think uh, you and I were talking about this off the top. Yeah. If there's another second round exit, I don't think we're going to continue to see nice guy Joel. I, think I don't need to see him start to get, to get angry and, and feel like they didn't put enough around me. And I, I get you before. I get you before that. I, I I can almost guarantee that halfway through the season, if he doesn't see. Uh, a substantial progress. upgrade and progress in, in, in Harden, you're going to hear him start chirping before even then. I'll say mm. halfway through the season. I buy if that. Harden isn't playing up to expectation, he's going to be pissed. And by all rights, he should be. And mm. you know, he said it after the last game when they got eliminated. He's like, you know, I know we all thought we were going to see Houston Harden. That's not what it is. When he's saying that, that's not right. what he's saying. Right. Yep. You know that seed is in his head, man. He mentioned, the word, he mentioned yeah. the word facilitator. Yeah, which was like, okay, uh, he's nowhere near what he was, but I guess he's something. If the beat's thinking that way, that ain't good. I can tell you that. All right, so we come back, guys. We're going to dig into the top five coaches in the NFC and the AFC. It is two starkly different conferences when it comes to that. At 2 o'clock, Jeff McClain is going to be joining us. We will talk birds with Jeff and their offseason and where this thing is headed as we get closer to training camp. A lot to discuss in the final segment as well as we do a little open talk. That's for sure. But we got a lot in store. Barrett's got his notes. He's ready to roll. Man, that's for sure. Derek Gunn. Oh, we were all set. Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, I got to tell you about Pro Action Restoration because, look, you've been through. if you have been through this, you know how harrowing it, it can be. If you haven't yet, I'm going to get you in front of it, okay? If you've ever had either smoke or water or fire or mold damage to your property, trust me, it is not a good situation. It is not fun. I got the people you can turn to if that's the case. If you're having a leak, if you had water, if we have a bad rain, if God forbid you have fire, smoke, whatever. It's pro-action restoration. They're on call 24 hours, seven days a week. I've gone through it. I had water damage at my parents' house. They got over there quick. They cleaned up what was a mess. 
and it was a very reasonable price. And I couldn't be happier with their service. Let me tell you, they are licensed, bonded, and fully insured. They've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. ProAction will work in conjunction, conjunction with your insurance company. And again, it could be water. It could be fire. It could be smoke. It could be mold remediation. Whatever the case may be, they know how to handle it. They will get out there quickly, and you will get a fair price. Give them a call at 610-623-3760, or you can email them at proactionrestoration.com. Go for the polls and the pools. Go for the oohs and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. All right, welcome back in, everybody. Sports Day on this Wednesday. Jacob Sports YouTube Network. By the way, you missed any of our interviews with our guests, whether it's Keith Pompey, uh, if you can't make it for all of Jeff McClain a little bit later, Kyle Neptune yesterday, Tom McCarthy, Brian Mitchell, all the great guests, Michael Vick we had on uh, the week before. 
Uh, no worries. Just go to Jacob Sports YouTube Network or go to jacobsports.com and you can check out uh, the podcast of all the interviews that we've done. And uh, trust me, it, it is it is worth your while. It's, we, uh, we have quality guests and we have a lot of fun talking to them, that's for sure. All right, so uh, Derek uh, introduced this in, in one of our uh, group texts that we have uh, on a daily basis. We're either talking about the show or you know busting each other's chops uh, usually with our group text. But uh, I never, I never bust chops. By the way, no, the Derek doesn't do that kind of thing. He's he's no. he's above that. He's he's yes. opposed to that kind of stuff. Thank you very much. You're welcome. So one of the things, my nose is growing. Uh, one of the things <laughs> that you threw out there, which I thought was really cool, because I'm thinking about it, I'm like, hmm, all right. So it was top five coaches in the NFL in each conference in the AFC and the NFC. So this morning I'm, I'm, you know, pre-show just kind of doing some research and digging around a little bit. All right, let me, let me throw my list together. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I do, I'm like, let me just do the AFC first. I'll get to the NFC in a minute. <clears throat> so I go through the AFC and I'm like, man, this is tough. There's a lot of good candidates here to, to mm-hmm. narrow this down to, you know, five or whatever. Um, and I always just, after I get past my five, I throw a couple extra that could have made the cut that didn't. All right. So it was a challenge in the AFC, man. I went to the NFC and I'm like, this is horrible. This mm-hmm. is horrible. This, this, I mean, to the point where I literally have one, two, three, four, five. I have Nick Sirianni as sixth. Oh, and no geez. disrespect. No disrespect oh, my to goodness. Nick. He shouldn't be sixth on a list when he was nine and eight last year in his first year and got killed in the wow. first round of a playoff. But that's where I had him. Anyway, so I, I usually go first, but I'm going to let you guys go first on this one. You can take whichever conference you want. Let's hold the NFC, okay? Let's start AFC. Just for the sake of our discussion. Whoever Barrett, wants to take it, Barrett, you can take it first if you want, man. Barry, you still writing or you got you muted, muted man? I, I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm still writing. I'm just going through and I'm I'm checking and I, I was gonna switch guys and I said, No, I gotta stay with this list. And then I'm like, No, I can't go because you can't necessarily go by list of of, of, of the record. You can't go off your list of the you know I know it's a did. combo, it really they is yeah. a combo yeah. field of both. So yeah. um when I look at this list. I'm going off not just what they did last year, but also who they have been. So, of course, I mean, number one, probably the best coach in the NFL period is Belichick. Yep. Yes. So I, I got him at number one. Number one, then of the course. AFC. Yep. Of course, I got to go um, Big Red after that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, then after that, it gets dicey because two coaches that have had success, you know, I think these two are interchangeable with the um, Steelers and the Ravens, yep. you know, so I'm going to go Tomlin and Harbaugh are, are um, and I'm going to keep them in that order. I'm going to go Tomlin and then Harbaugh, but then number five is so tough, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it is. And I only went with Frank Wright because I think with these new, you know, with, with their new quarterback and then going forward, if they'd have had, if they'd have had, um, if they'd have had a better quarterback, if, 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 <clears throat> if Matt Ryan was there last year, They'd have probably made it to the championship game. I don't mm. know if they didn't necessarily beat mm. uh, any of those two teams that you know were up there. I doubt seriously if they'd have beat um, Buffalo. But uh, I, I I put Frank Reich as my number um my my number um five team. Even yeah. though you know I'm looking at Bills, you know, come on man, how I man how do I not put Bills head coach in there? You yeah. know what I'm saying? But I, I think I like Reich a little better. Okay, that's fair yeah. enough. So where where uh, let's get your Give me your five gunner, and then we'll. I was up until five. I was very much in lockstep with Barrett. I will tell you that up until five. It's funny because Barrett Barrett had my first four, 
in the same order I have my first four. Yep. I think Belichick, Belichick is arguably the greatest coach in the history of the NFL, um, not just based on his, his Super Bowl triumphs, but the fact that he had 15 consecutive winning seasons and, and won those Super Bowls, and he could take any player from another team, put them in his system, offense or defense, and make them a, an elite-level player. Um, and I've said time and time again, not just on this show, but on many platforms, um, they, Belichick didn't care about having draft picks. He didn't care about first-round picks, third-round picks. If there was a player out there that he wanted, they would trade those picks in a hurry, and then you go in the draft next year. Oh, the Patriots don't pick until the third or fourth round. So what? There's still a team to beat in the AFC, and, and nobody could duplicate what he did. Andy Reid is number two because no other coach has ever won 100 games in each conference. Uh, in the history of the NFL. Is and that crazy it, or what, man? You know something? A hundred games in each conference in yep. his career. And he's won a Super Bowl. You know, so he got that monkey off his back that Andy Reid couldn't win the big game. Well, he finally got that monkey off his back. I can't believe he's been in Kansas City nine years. Or it's been nine years since he's been gone. Wow. That's crazy. It is. I put, I put, you're right, Bear. When it came to three and four, it was a toss-up because both of these guys have won Super Bowls. But here's why I put Mike Tomlin ahead of, of, of John Harbaugh. The man has been the coach of Pittsburgh for 15 years and has never had a losing record. I cannot emphasize that enough. <laughs> the, and when you look at some of the stuff they had to go, he had to work with uh, when, when Roethlisberger went down, you know, you look at the quarterback, the carousel of quarterbacks he had to play with, they still find a way to finish at 500 when other teams would have fallen apart. I mean, you can say what you want to say, but that's the coach. The coach – they believe in this dude. They go out there and put their blood and body on the line for this dude. John Harbaugh is a great story because John Harbaugh was never a coordinator anywhere. He was a he was a DB coach and a special teams coach, and he's been in Baltimore 14 years now. He's won his wow. Super Bowl, Amazing. and his teams are competitive every year. When we got down to number five, Barrett I, and, and Rob, I changed my number five like. Three times. I kept <laughs> right. going back and forth. Yeah, you gotta That's do these. You forth. gotta do these in pencil, man. Yeah, and I'm still doing going back and forth. Like, yeah. Should I put McDermott there or right there? McDermott there or right. I mean, I'm going back and forth. Yeah. I, I think I think Frank Reich is a very good coach who still has a lot to prove in terms of being a great coach. Um, Sean McDermott, I think, is a guy who is players, one of those coaches who he plays for. I have as I look at my paper, I have Sean McDermott as number five. I listen to Barrett talk about Sean McDermott. And I love Sean McDermott. I've known him for a long time. I think he's a great coach. But then as Barrett was talking, I said, wait a minute. I got to put Doug Peterson in that five hole. Mm. <laughs> I got to put Doug Peterson there. Doug wow, Peterson won. Dougie P. Doug, Dougie Doug, P won a, yeah. Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl in his second year. Okay. Yeah. Now, Frank Reich had a lot to do with that. But when you look at the volume of players they lost in a 2017 season, and, and the dudes stepped up. Whoever stepped up, played at a high level. Doug Peterson is a player's coach. And so when it came down to it, do I put McDermott? Do I put Peterson? I had to give it to Dougie because of what he's, he was able to accomplish uh, in a short amount of time as a head coach in the National Football League. That's interesting. And, and that's the, the – your challenge is past history, a little bit of projection of what you think the team is going to be this year right? versus right. – you, you know, I mean, that's what you go back and forth on, and that's what makes it so hard. But – Okay, that's interesting. I I didn't. I honestly didn't consider Doug. I'll be I'll be honest with you. Like I yeah, just didn't yeah. didn't even consider him. Um, 
look, I went with Belichick for every reason you guys laid out. We, we do we re- I don't think I need to expand much on you know. That's pretty good too. You know, um, East Side uh, monsters, but uh, I was just talking about head coach or coaching staff. I think we're just gonna go ahead coach. Head just coach. head coaches. Yeah, yeah just head, head coach. coach. Yeah. Um, so I went Belichick one. Uh, just and I know people are looking at it like, oh, well, what's he done since Brady left? Okay, we'll we'll see how he rebuilds this thing. I yeah. personally don't think he has it. He doesn't like you were able to overcome not having unbelievable skill position players because you had Brady. I think he needs to wise up to that. But you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, but they finished um, ten and seven last year, right? With with, with Mac Jones. Okay, see what I'm saying? I know. So, I I agree with you. Yeah. You, you can't overlook that. I don't know if he'll ever win another Super Bowl, but he finished ten and seven with Mac Jones as his quarterback. It's a game didn't better they, than the Eagles. Uh, d- yes. Didn't they, yes. It, didn't they win a game without throwing five, uh, ten times? Yeah, the windy, yes. cold night in <laughs> Buffalo. In Buffalo, yes. yes. Come Unbelievable. On, man. Come yep. on, man. Yeah, yeah. He's look the, the guy. Love you, you can hate him, and I get it why people do, but you have to acknowledge him. You know, it, it's incredible what he's got, and and. Not to mention the long. This guy's been coaching in the league since 1975. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And is still, you know, as fired up today as he was in, in 1975. It's crazy. Um. So that's Belichick. Andy Reid absolutely is number two. I mean, yeah. the track record speaks for itself. What he did with the Eagles, what he's done now, he's won a Super Bowl in Kansas City. He's been close, you know, uh, numerous times. The way he develops his quarterbacks, what Mahomes is, and and. I, I think he's actually kind of in a weird way looking forward to the challenge of not having Tyreek Hill and showing people. I think yes. I think Mahomes is too, you know, what that offense is still all about. So, yeah, Big Red is number two. I actually put Harbaugh three, guys, believe it or not. Um, I really – I just think, much like Tomlin, the incredible consistency every year with that team. Look, they had in, they had insane injuries last year through the at the running back spot, at the, at the secondary – they had crazy, crazy injuries. I think this year, if they're healthy, you know, and, and again, everything kind of hinges on that. I think watch out for Baltimore in the AFC. They're going to be tough. Yeah. Now, I, yeah. Lamar Jackson's got to show you in a playoff game, you know, deep in the playoffs, what he what he can do with his arm and all those kind of things, especially if they're losing. But I have Harbaugh at number three. I have Tomlin at four. I can't respect the guy more than I do Mike Tomlin. Just the the ability to keep it rolling. You know, I this year's going to be fascinating without Roethlisberger because they're so – closely associated those two i know he was there barrett with you when it was still cower but you know i mean it's it's it tomlin's is you know his his guy it's like andy reed and donovan McNabb and andy reed and mahomes but um every year they're good on defense i just love the culture of the steelers i have you know i i respect what they do so i put i put tomlin there i would go mcdermott five i gotta give that dude love i, I know it's it's a stretch i put him there at five some of this is projecting to what i think the bills are going to be this year, but he's built a really solid team. Um, You know, the way they've developed that quarterback who looked like he could go either way after the first year or so, and he's gone the right way. And he's just a calming influence. McDermott is the one, the knock I would have on him is in a couple of big games in the postseason. I think he's been badly outcoached like that Kansas city game and those kind of things. So he needs to show me that this year before I totally buy into it. This is where you guys are going to think I'm nuts. And and I know I'm, I'm beyond my five, but, if I had to go with a sixth, I might throw Zach Taylor in there. Yes. With, with what he's done in Cincinnati. It's it's yes. him or, Bre- or Vrabel for me. No offensive line, and they get to the Super Bowl. Yeah. I, I and, and look, you could argue uh, Vrabel because they've been good, haven't been great. I mean, they were a one seed last year who didn't even get to the conference final. But he's done a nice job there. 
then you start thinking that's where Barrett, I start dipping into Reich and then like Stefanski there, you know, you start to sort of fall off after around five with this list. You muted B. Well, guys, look at this though. Out of, out of the five out of the five out of the um, four out of the five coaches, you know, each one of you guys pick, there's only probably one and probably not even full time coach that called their own plays. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's not a necessity that your head coach has to call plays. It's a good point. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's why yeah. it's not a big it's not a big thing for me that Nick Sirianni doesn't call his own plays. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's not that serious to me. Yeah. You know, in fact, when he stopped calling the players, when, you know, stuff got better when he stopped calling the plays. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's not a necessity. It doesn't make you uh, not a good head coach or it doesn't make you um, a guru as a head coach because you don't call plays. You know, I, I think it's like yeah. this. You know, everybody's saying, oh, you got to call your. No, no, you don't. No, you don't. You know what I'm saying? Just be consistent. Hire guys below you. You got to hire yeah. a brain trust, bro. You got to yeah. have a brain trust, you know? Yeah. You know, as long as you have a brain trust, you're good. And trust. Uh, trust is a big part of that, you know, yeah. and, and delegating and, and having the, the confidence in yourself to be able to do that. So I, I give them props for it, in fact. Exactly. I, exactly. I look at I look at the guys we left off the list. I think Josh McDaniels is going to have a good measure of success. I think yeah. Josh McDaniels, I think, is one of the more creative minds, offensive minds in all of pro football. I think Nathaniel Hackett's going to have a good measure of success. Zach Taylor took a team with no offense to the Super I mean, no offensive line to the Super Bowl. Mike Vrabel's a very good coach. Frank Reich's a good coach. I think Brandon Staley's a good coach. Yeah, you know, well, but they still have yeah. a ways to go. I think, believe it or not, I think Kevin Stefanski is a good coach. I do too. That's you what know? Rob just said too. Yeah, yeah I like you know? him. I I, just, I I think he's in a in a weird spot, man, with all yeah, this stuff. Yeah, but yeah. I like him as a coach. Well, can I give you my AFC uh, coach that um I mean you love to hate him, but I really did. There's gonna be some and and I picked these guys really to win the um the, the their division, and 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 that's Josh McDaniels. Yeah. Yep. I I think they're gonna win a division. I think they're gonna they're gonna win the West. Yes. They're, they're gonna, gonna beat up Kansas City. City. Ooh. Whoa. And Denver. Ooh. And and the Chargers. And the Chargers, yes. Ooh, they're my team to beat. Oh man, I I, love, uh, I, I think the Chargers, but I can't go with the Chargers. They keep choking. I can't they're they're probably right there for me in terms of like interesting teams. Like yeah. what, the, what this is yeah. going to look like now with yeah. Devontae yeah. Adams, yep. with, with with you know that offensive mind and McDaniel, Hunter Renfro. Yeah, I mean they have they have uh, they and Jacobs can run the ball. Yeah, they're they're going to be interesting. And Waller, they they have a lot of. A lot right. of good offensive players, man. Right. All right. That's interesting, Barrett. All right. So the NFC, man, is a completely different ball game here than, than the AFC. I, I will tell you, I got past McVay, and then I'm like, Ugh. I'm a mess. I'm a total mess after that. Me I, I, I went Shanahan two, LaFleur three, Pete Carroll, Rivera are my top five. And I don't feel good about it. Other than McVay, I don't feel good about any of it, frankly. <laughs> Bro, I. Mean, I, I all right, so I'll go first again. All right. I, I it was tough, man. It was tough because like again, once again, you can't go by records, but I, of course I'm gonna go with McVeigh because they just won a Super Bowl. You know, I'm gonna go with McVeigh first, number one. But then I'm gonna go LaFleur. Hmm. You know, um he changed things around, man, and 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 uh, with the Packers and understood that he can't be that guy that he has to let he has to let his quarterback lead the way. And he's he's allowed them to do it, and they've been successful with it. But number three is is kind of you know different because he was a head coach with the Jets before, 
and didn't have any success. So I thought he was, you know, he was coaching there with his hands tied behind, behind his back because, you know, they're, they're, you know, a train wreck with the Jets. But Todd Bowles, I think, will have a great season with the Buccaneers. Interesting. A great season, you know, because he got the best quarterback in the world, you know what I mean, number one. Offensive weapons, great yep. defense. And we know he can call defenses, you know what I'm saying? So I'm going to go. I, I think he'll be better second time around as a head coach, too. Yeah, I, I think just he, de- he deserved this chance after what he went through with the Jets. Agreed. Totally agreed. <laughs> No, and he, he survived. And he stress, survived. That was a cesspool in New York. Yeah, he man. had no, he had no shot uh, in New York. New York, no chance. All right, and then next, I'm gonna go with our own Nick Sirianni. Hmm. I'm going him number four, uh, and number five. A shot in the dark. I'm going uh, Dennis Allen. I think the Saints are gonna wow. be a pretty good team next year. Mm-hmm. You, so you're doing a lot of projecting, like you're projecting. That's, and that's what. What's okay. This, yeah, it's a combination of everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I get it. I, so my projection is, yeah, that uh, Sirianni, Dennis Allen, Todd Bowles, Lafleur, McVay, hmm. all playoff teams. Okay. Okay. Um. Yeah. Okay. That's five. Yeah. Gunner, what, what's uh, where are you at with this? Uh, McVay was number one. Number two for me was Pete Carroll. Uh, look at his body of work. Now they had a bad year last year. They were decimated by injuries. They had an off year, but Pete Carroll, you know, he's won his Super Bowl. He cost his team a Super Bowl another Super Bowl, but Pete Carroll and his players play for him. His mm-hmm. players flat out play for Pete Carroll. There's a reason why he's been in Seattle as long as he has. So I picked Pete Carroll number two. Number three for me was Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur has been a head coach in Green Bay for three years. He's had three straight 13-win seasons. Now, of course, when you have a future Hall of Fame quarterback at the helm, it makes things a lot easier. But Matt LaFleur, his team was the number one seed in the, in the NFC two years in a row, and they choked. They didn't get it done. And eventually, we're going to find out what kind of coach Lafleur is when, when when Aaron Rodgers rides off into the sunset. Number four for me was Kyle Shanahan. I think Kyle Shanahan is one of the most innovative offensive yeah. minds. I love the way he's unconventional in his approach to the game. My number five was like Barrett, Dennis Allen. I put Dennis Allen at number five. Dennis Allen has always been a great defensive coordinator. Now we're going to find out uh, what kind of head coach he is. Um, but when you look at the rest of the list, Todd Bowles, Todd Bowles deserves this. Holy yeah. Grail. Ron Rivera had a great measure of success in Carolina. Yep. Hasn't had it yet in, in Washington. Mike McCarthy won a Super Bowl in Green Bay, but he has sucked in Dallas. Yes. He's flat out. So oh, Matt he, Rule, you know, is on a hot seat. We don't know what Arthur Smith is. Uh, Kevin O'Connell, we, he hasn't coached a head, you know, game in the NFL yet. So my, those are my five. And, and like I said, once I got past my top, my top four will be easy in the NFC. But beyond four, Oof. It's like close your eyes and just throw a dart at the board yeah. and see what you come up with. <laughs> Frankly, right. nobody, nobody's yeah. justified being in a top five list after no. that, that no. first three. No, they aren't. No. I mean, it's it's just no. ba- you're right, guys. It's basically, hey, I think this may happen, but they haven't earned it. It's just it's a projection of what. And you're right on, but that is crazy. When we we've done a couple of these things, guys, with the AFC and the NFC, it's not even close. Yeah, I mean, it yep. is not even close with yep. the AFC you know, just being the dominant conference. All right, let's step aside. Let's come back. And we'll dig in a, a little Wait, bit. Wait, you didn't give your five real quick. Oh, yeah. It's uh, it's McVeigh, it's Shanahan, it's LaFleur, it's Carroll, it's Rivera. They're my five. Rivera. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I, I, I gave yep. Ron a little love based on the Carolina days. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yep. But, but I think he's, show. yeah, and I think he's in a tough spot with Washington just because it's such a, a zoo in general there. Oh, um, yeah. No doubt. All right. Let's step aside. Uh, Jeff McClain from the Philadelphia Inquirer is going to join us. We'll talk some birds there offseason, where this thing's headed. As we are now, God, uh, July 26th, today's the 15th. We're about about the 42 days away from training camp. But who's Ooh. counting? Yes, Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks, Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. 
Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Mommy Slam Dunk Champion. Really? <laughs> yes, really. Don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. <sighs> so go to right, go to left. Got fake them Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back in, everybody. Happy Wednesday to you. Thanks for hanging out with us. We are Sports Take. Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks, Rob Ellis. We'll continue the football theme as we roll into our next segment with our next guest. He does an unbelievable job as a reporter for the Philadelphia Eagles for the Philadelphia Inquirer. You can check out his work at Inquirer.com and on Twitter at Jeff uh, underscore McLean. Always, always good talking with Jeff. And Jeff joins us. Jeff, good to see you, man. We were all blown away. We're like, Man, we haven't talked to Jeff since the day after the Friday after the, the first night of wow. the draft on Thursday. That's the last time we spoke. There's been quite a quite a few changes here uh, in the Eagles offseason since then, man. Um, I guess I'll start there. Were you surprised generally that they acted in, in such a, I would say, aggressive manner? And I mean that positively, considering there's still the uncertainty with the quarterback. Did you think they'd be as aggressive as they were? Um, yeah, 
I guess, you know, I thought that there would be maybe a little more of a transition period. Uh, so, I mean, I'm looking specifically at one, one move. You take away the A.J. Brown trade, mm-hmm. and then it, it seems like that's what I expected. So I was a little surprised by that. And I, they very well could have ended up drafting a wide receiver if one had fallen to them at number 15. So, you know, this was a contingency plan, and, and they were able to execute it. And maybe that speeds up the timeline a little bit. Um, that being said, just knowing Howie, knowing uh, Jeffrey Lurie, knowing how they think, it didn't. It doesn't ultimately really surprise me that much because in this town uh, and then in, in this league uh, where you can change your fortunes rather quickly, uh, the Eagles certainly felt like they had an opportunity to make some moves this offseason that would better the team and and make them very competitive, and I think they've done that. Mm. You know, looking at um, how aggressive they were in the offseason, with the defensive side of the ball, I guess they do have a lot of um, a lot of faith in, in 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 Gannon. I didn't have that much faith, you know, leaving last year's season going into this offseason, but evidently they want to focus on giving him everything he needs to to run this multiple defensive front that he wants. You know, so I mean, I thought they were very aggressive. I thought they did a great job of bringing in the giving him the ability to call whatever he wants to run. Um, how confident are you in Gannon? Yeah, I, I guess I've kind of on the fence with Jonathan. I, I felt like the first season wasn't um, great, but I also feel like he didn't have the personnel he exactly needed to run to run that uh, scheme that he has. And typically it takes a little while to get the guys that you need, and they've gone out and done that, um, particularly Hassan Reddick and Jordan Davis. I think those are the two key guys that they added this offseason. Um you know how how he thinks. Uh, you know, and this goes all the way back to Andy Reid about the uh, you know shoring up uh, your defensive front, your offensive front, uh, building from there uh, uh, back. Uh, you know, backward, and that that's kind of what they did. Um, in terms of Gannon, yeah, I mean, certainly, I think there were games where I didn't really understand what what he was trying to execute, um, and but I think some of the criticism directed towards him is because of the style of the defense he plays. And I think in this town, they want to see, I hate using this word because again, recently I spoke to him. It didn't seem like he really understood what, what aggressive front meant or aggressive. (laughs) Oh, that's not good. That's not good. (laughs) Well, I I think he felt like, no, I think he felt like it's a, it's a cliche and that it's, it's, you know, defense, you're going to play aggressively. Um, certainly they're not a penetrating, penetrating front. They don't have their guys all shooting the gaps and just trying to get after the quarterback or, or get after the running, running back. I mean, that's not how they're going to play, but sometimes they're going to have their guys, they're going to allow their guys that type of freedom, but they're also going to have to play within kind of a hybrid of reading react and all, and also, mm-hmm. uh, just, just reacting, um, so I think some of the criticism wasn't fair because I think in this town we've become so accustomed to playing that style that uh, fans have become so accustomed to seeing that style and it has been successful at times um, that uh, Jonathan didn't technically stylistically fit in with what people want here. That being said, uh, again, going back to, this, to, the, to the personnel he had, I don't think it was completely fair to judge him based upon just one season. Do you just stay with him for a minute, Jeff? Do you think it's going to be a hybrid uh, scheme that they run, or you can see more four three, more even front, more odd front? What do you? How do you think he's going to handle with the skill set now that he has along that defensive line? 
I mean, I think it's going to be a lot of what we saw last year. I, I, there's been some kind of – there's been questions or narratives that uh, – oh, he's going odd man front. Well, he was – I mean, they were odd man front and base all last year anyway. I, I don't mm-hmm. see how that's going to change. And, and, and when it's passing downs, you go four man front and you then you let, allow your guys to, to rush the quarterback. I mean, that's mm-hmm. kind of what most 3-4 and I even don't even like using 3-4 anymore because it's really more of a 5-2 uh, front mm-hmm. base personnel – um that is essentially what i think we'll see you know five two um with with davis as your nose guard fletcher and javon hargrave as your four eye techs uh lined up next to him uh and hassan reddick and josh sweat as your starting outside linebackers i mean certainly there'll be other guys mixed in and out of there right um, but that's going to be your that's going to be your starting five up front uh on base and base personnel uh, you know, certainly uh, as the season goes on, he, he, some of these new guys, he's got to figure out what, uh, how to play their skill set. There could be some change in terms of how he runs his personnel. Uh, but I, to me, the bigger question is what's going to happen in the secondary. What, yeah. what's schematically, what's that is really to me the bigger question. Um, you know, is is having is getting someone uh, like James Bradbury going to allow him to play? Uh, a little more uh, obviously you're, he's going to always play a lot of zone but is he going to be able to disguise better and be able to kind of uh, utilize his skill set to not be so predictable uh, in terms of his coverages that to me is the bigger question mm. Jeff when you look at this team as a whole and on paper they look significantly improved but there's so many question marks as you just mentioned the secondary to safety the quarterback obviously is a big, big issue does this team try to make kind of make you scratch your head and wonder? I can't figure out at this stage what this team is or is not. I on paper they're better, yeah. um, and you look at the schedule; it's not as hard as it was last year. They don't face as many top tier quarterbacks as they did last year. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking, if you're asking me on paper, uh, and you expect Jalen Hurts to maybe take a step forward, although I don't know if that's guaranteed by any yep. stretch of the imagination, uh, I would say that. They're a good team. Um, they have the ability to be a good team. Were they a good team last year? I mean, they went to the playoffs. They went nine and eight. Uh, that schedule was really beneficial down the stretch, but they also had a very difficult schedule in the first seven games. Mm-hmm. So I think they were kind of uh, mid-tier, maybe um, uh, you know, leaning towards being a good team. Um, mm-hmm. That being said, you know, as you mentioned, the quarterback is still uh, a serious question. We don't know how much better he's going to get. We don't know uh, how he's going to respond to the defenses seeing a year of him. Um, Mm -hmm. We don't know. uh, We don't know. Certainly, as you mentioned, how the secondary is going to perform with, uh, you know, Anthony Harris and Marcus Epps as your top two safeties. Um, I I think even of the guys that you acquired that you say, okay, these are good additions. There's still questions about him. Jordan Davis. I mean, okay. He's a first round pick. Um, He's phenomenally athletic and talented but we don't know really how he's going to perform. Um, we don't know how ready he's going to be. Uh, AJ Brown is, is a very good top tier receiver. That being said, was he worth what they, what they gave up for him? Is there, mm. are there concerns about the knee? How healthy is he going to be? He's missed six games over seven games over the last two years. So to me, there's still a lot of, I still Kaiser white, uh, Kaiser white, you got a great deal from him, but why weren't other teams in on him? Um, so to me, there's still questions. I look and look at all the, the additions that they made and say, yes, these are good moves that they made. 
um, on paper. But I could, also, I could also, on the flip side, say, well, there are still questions about how productive they could be uh, playing here in Philadelphia, or are they going to reach the kind of the expectations that many people have already laid out for them heading mm. into 2022? Mm. You muted there. I heard all that, and I'm saying, is it is it is it the coaching that you're not confident in, or is the player themselves fitting in the system that you see that you don't have enough confidence in them, or you don't you don't know what they're going to do yet? That's a good question. Um, yeah, I, th- I think there's still questions about the coaching. Um, okay. Yeah, I thought Nick did a nice job um, down the stretch last year. Yeah, clearly we've talked talked about or written about so many times uh, just about you know changing uh, you know, going from pass happy to more run-based offense and playing more the skill set of your players there. Um, certainly they're not going to try and do that as much this year. You got to get AJ Brown. You expect Devonte Smith when you're older, Dallas got it to be your, you know, now he's the guy at the tight end position. You still have a strong offensive line. Uh, Jalen, you expect him to take, you expect him to take a step further uh, in his progression. So you're going to try and do that. But again, is it going to get, are we going to see the same thing again this year that Jalen just can't play to that level and then they're going to have to revert back to being a run-based offense, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. You can win that way. But long-term, is that, a, is that does that give you the best odds for being a sustainable, mm-hmm. playoff-worthy type of team um, going forward? Uh, I don't know. Hey, Jeff, how do you see the tight end position playing itself out behind Goddard? Um, that's a good question. Uh, Tyree Jackson is you know, coming off the torn ACL that he suffered in the last season, uh, regular season game. He's been out there doing some things. He's got a knee brace on, but not really much of, of anything. So I'm not really sure that he'll he'll probably start the season, uh, the training camp on pup, uh, and maybe open the season, maybe still on the physically unable to perform list, which would take him out until week seven. So then you have um, you have the rookie uh, Calcaterra, you have um, Jack Stoll, you have. Um, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside maybe making the transition from wide receiver to tight end. So, yeah, you don't have an obvious number two at that at that position. That being said, I think that reflects the Eagles thinking that they're going to be just this heavy 11 personnel offense. And you should. You have three good receivers at the top of your depth chart. Um, and then they wanted to be that last year. And, and for some reason, they held on to Zach Ertz longer than I think many of us expected them to hang on to them. Uh, and uh, – you saw at some point that maybe that was better for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, yeah, if Dallas gets hurt, you're concerned. But uh, but if Dallas is fine and they run a lot of 11 personnel, uh, I don't I don't expect there to be any concerns there. Mm. Jeff, what are your uh, – this is a general question, but what do you expect out of this team? Is Are they a mystery to you because you don't know about the quarterback? There's, there's you know, some changes here, some additions, that usually when there's maybe not the same kind of continuity – what are your thoughts on what they are going into this season, considering the moves they made this offseason? Yeah, uh, I think that's fair to say that they're a little bit of a mystery because they did make not, not significant moves, but they did make a fair number of moves. And, and again, we don't know how they'll fit in. We don't know how the rookies who were expecting all of a sudden to perform from day one, like Jordan Davis, how, the, how he'll perform. Um and then, of course, the quarterback is – it's become such a cliche to talk about Jalen Hurts and how he's the one guy, the mystery guy. But um, I, I, I think that's just where we stand with, with Jalen. I mean, last year was his first full season as a starter. He, he certainly, I think, showed that he has the capabilities to start in this team, uh, start in this league for a long time. Um, 
I think he has to go out there and still prove a lot. That being said, and we've, this has been mentioned many places, and, and maybe the first thing that he mentioned when we spoke to him after the final game last year about, about 2022, this will be the first time in, since high school, I guess, that he's in the same offense for the second straight mm-hmm. season. Um, he's, you know, we, we know about him going out to Southern California, working on his mechanics. We only saw two practices. He has some great throws. I can't really tell, um, you know, just looking uh, there with the naked eye, what kind of major changes he made in terms of his mechanics. Um, that, that I think we'll, we'll learn more about when training camp and those inner squad scrimmages and the preseason comes around. Um, that being said, it was seven on seven. There wasn't really much competition right. in terms of, of how he performed uh, in that regard. Um, look, I'm, I'm a Jalen guy. I think, I think he can be a productive starter in this league. Uh, the question for the Eagles, and then you look at his contract situation, what else could be there for next offseason is whether you're willing to make that invest investment beyond just his rookie contract. And I think that's a very valid question to be asking um, at this point. Hey Jeff, when you look at when you look at this entire roster, um, from from the holdovers to the new additions by way of free agency and a draft, give me one or two players that you will be watching real close when training camp rolls around. Hassan Reddick. Um, again, I, I that's a good signing. I felt like for them to come out of the gate, they they needed to improve their pass rush. This is a guy that's got double-digit sacks in the last two years. Mm-hmm. Um, that position that last year they probably weren't, um, you know, they weren't stacked. Uh, you had Jannard uh, Avery there, and I, that hurt him at t- hurt them at times. So I want to see how he performs in this scheme. It's not really. Um, it's, it's sort of like what what he's played in before, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I want to see how he looks um, after getting also a big contract and it's a big contract after um, that uh, one beyond, I think these last few years, he signed one year deals. Yeah. Uh, this would be a long-term contract for him. So I, I'm interested to see how Hassan looks. Um, I've already mentioned Jordan Davis. Is it, Will he be able to step in right away and be that kind of, you know, that, that big man in the middle mm-hmm. uh, to, to free up. I mean, he's so that position is really important. Um, in terms of what they can do um, schematically and how many guys they have to commit to stopping the run versus, you know, how many you have on the back end in terms of your safety use. And then A.J. Brown. I mean, look, this, this is, that was a bold move. Um, you gave him a huge contract. You passed on certain receivers or other players that you could have taken at that spot and had them under contract for an extended uh, – had him under a rookie contract for the first four or five years. There was a lot made of what receivers were getting this offseason and the whole kind of, okay, do you pay these – one of the do you draft one of these younger guys that you have on a rookie contract and there's, there's some really talented guys in that draft or do you go and pay one of these top-tier guys that have already proven themselves but look at your salary cap, you're devoting a lot to that, to that position and historically – I don't know if wide receivers, if you're ranking positions, whether how where wide receiver ranks in terms of importance of winning a championship. Mm-hmm. And I was a little, that was, it surprised me a little bit that how he was willing to kind of roll the dice there uh, based previously upon how much, what they've invested in, in, in that position before. Mm-hmm. Jeff, a lot of people think Nicobe Dean's going to be a three down linebacker right away. Do, do you sense that? Or what do you think his role is going to be at least early on here with the birds? 
Yeah, I'm I'm kind of surprised that people all of a sudden just pencil him in there. Uh, <laughs> he's a rookie. I, I know he played at a high level. He played in the SEC. But that position, there's a lot to learn. Uh, that is a difficult position to, to step into because you have so many responsibilities. And you know, and then also you have on top of that all these concerns about his, uh, his injury history. And, and I think he has the labrum or whatever it is. Yeah. No, he's a pictorial. The peck, the peck yeah. The peck is the, is the concern with N'Kobe. Um, he's also a little bit on the smaller side. Uh, we saw a little bit of him during the two practices, the OTAs, not a lot to really kind of make any conclusions about how he performed this year. So it was the main starters were TJ Edwards and Kaiser White. Uh, you saw a little bit of Davion Taylor slipped in there and, and Nukobe Dean jumped in there as well. But I think that's a lot to ask of him to all of a sudden make him your three down guy. I don't know. Am I missing something here? I mean, <laughs> it feels like a lot to me too. It feels like a bit of a jump early. I, I mean, he might get himself acclimated by week eight, but I feel it feels like a lot for week one. Uh, Maybe. Just, I mean, he's supremely talented. I mean, if you yeah. watched him with Georgia and what, what he did, he's a smart guy. Um, I don't think understanding defense is going to be a problem for him, but just the speed and then all of a sudden seeing these things for the first time, I, I just don't know why you'd throw him in, uh, th- throw him to the wolves uh, from starting from week one. Hmm. Well, the other thing that I and I know you've you've written a lot about this and talked a lot about this, but uh, we haven't had the opportunity to talk. There was some movement uh, a while back, but we've seen a lot now. Crazy turnover here, Jeff, in this front office. And, you know, yeah. Howie, the yeah. obviously still standing, but a, a lot of departures, some names that people are familiar with, some not so much. And some people elevated from within some not so much. Uh, is, is this just, hey. They've had a successful organization. They've hired the right people, people taking better gigs. It, that's life, or there's more to it? Uh, I think it's m- mostly that. Uh, you saw Ian Cunningham and Brandon Brown leave in January for assistant GM jobs. Uh, they were, you know, they were director-level guys and personnel for the Eagles, and you know that was going to happen. Uh, I think the Eagles maybe were a little surprised that the Brandon one happened when it happened. I think they knew that Ian was probably primed to go. Uh, then they lost Catherine Rach, who's, who's young and relatively new to their organization, but it wasn't a huge surprise that Andrew Barry, who she worked under when she, when he was here in Philadelphia, that he would take her for an assistant GM job. Um, the Andy Weidel one to me is, is the big one um, because this is, he was the vice pre- president of player personnel that was deemed basically the kind of the second in command, uh, Howie Roseman's Lieutenant in terms of mm-hmm. personnel and the fact that he pretty much took a lateral move to go to the Steelers as their assistant GM. I know there's been some said Omar Khan is the, was named the GM to replace Kevin Colbert there. And he comes from more of the business side and, and people feel that, Oh, okay. You know, Andy can, can head personnel there and make the picks and that sort of thing. But that's not the understanding that I get in terms of how Omar wants to run that organization. And then of course you have Mike Tomlin, who's been there for a long time. So don't tell me Mike Tomlin is going to have a say and maybe the say in terms of personnel. So to me, that was a lateral move. And, you know, I've written about it. I think, I think Andy was frustrated uh, with his role and maybe how he wasn't as influential in terms of what, how he did um, as Joe Douglas, who, who was his uh, predecessor in that role. And certainly, you know, there were other reasons for Andy taking that position. He got his, got to start with the Steelers organization. He's from Pittsburgh. Um, I think he, uh, culturally, he's a better fit there. 
Um, but that allowed Howie to kind of free things up. I don't even know. Honestly, I don't even know if Andy would have been back or if he would have been, if he was back, would he had, would his influence been even less than it was prior? So this allowed Howie to kind of reshift uh, and remake the front office and to change titles. Now you have two assistant GMs. Mm-hmm. This would seemingly pre- prevent them, those guys from being taken for other jobs because those are, those are football operations guys. That's Alec Halaby, who's, who's the analyt- analytics guy, and that's John Farrar, who's more of an administrative guy. I don't think either of those guys are going to be anyone's list to become a GM. So Howie doesn't have to worry about losing those guys. And then he brought, brings in a bunch of new guys at director level or VP level positions and personnel, and those guys have the ability to kind of ascend into Andy's role uh, or become an assistant GM. Uh, if other, another team wants to come in and poach those guys like they did prior uh, with Ian Cunningham and Brandon Brown. Hey, hey, Jeff, I'll take it a step farther because I've said it openly. I think some of the moves that have been made were opportunistic moves to to elevate their roles. But I think I think there's something to some people may want to have gotten from under Howie's umbrella, so to speak, just basically had enough of dealing with how he, the way how he does things. I'm not trying to start any controversy, but you know, uh, we, we know what, how he can and cannot be sometimes. And I just think some people, you know, when you, you and I think you, what made me bring it up was the fact when you said for it, for Andy Weidel, that was somewhat of a lateral move. Yes. He's from Pittsburgh, but position wise is somewhat of a lateral move. And I think there's maybe a little bit more to this than, than any of us know at this particular time. Yeah, I mean, like I've reported and written a lot about how I mean, he's not always the easiest guy to work with. Right. Um, I think he would probably be the first to, to admit that. Um, I'm not saying that he's a tyrant. Um, right, right. But, you know, I mean, look, it's he look, he has final say and it, it, it all kind of comes down to him. And but there had been frustrations in that in that front office on both sides, both in football ops and personnel in terms of how voices were heard and decisions were made. Mm-hmm. You're going to get that. Yep. I mean, you know, we've tried to, I've tried to write as much about how the sausage is being made to show that. Um, but that being said, you're right. I mean, look, is, there's no opportunity here beyond whatever level these guys are for the most part in terms of being responsible for personnel. Mm-hmm. How he isn't going anywhere. Jeffrey Lurie trusts him more than anybody in that organization. Yep. Uh, he's recently just extended his contract to have it run concurrently with Nick Sirianni, but it's really more just that they were, he was going to extend the contract for Howie, no matter what this mm-hmm. keeps him here uh, for another uh, three, uh, actually he had one year left in his deal. So that adds four, three more years. So he's mm-hmm. here through 2026, I believe. Um, so yeah, that's what happens. Typically places you're going to leave if someone's ahead of you uh, and you can't supplant them. Um, but um yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, like you said, it's not. I don't want to create a major controversy here, right. or, or say that there's a controversy here. This happens a lot of places. Uh, that being said, we've seen the personnel, some of the personnel decisions that Howie has made uh, in prior seasons that didn't go so well. I mean, they went from Super Bowl to four, ten, and eleven in three mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. That reflects poorly on Howie, and you know you can point the fingers at whatever at other guys below him. Certainly there were guys that made some of those bad decisions, 
but ultimately it's Howie who has final say and it's ultimately mm. how he makes the final decisions. Mm. All right, Jeff, last one, man. Uh, for me, you, uh, you got about 40 something days till camp. What, what's the move? Cause it before it gets crazy for you, you get a little vacation time. <laughs> oh. what, what do you do to kind of recharge, man? Or shut Not it down? Not Howie, but you. <laughs> yeah. You hopefully some golf, uh, spend time with the kids, a lot of baseball, uh, and then uh, hopefully a little vacation and then, uh, and the background, I'll be doing some stuff uh, these next several weeks. But, I mean, the NFL world pretty much shuts down, as you guys know. Yep. And um, I'm sure at some point you're going to feel like you're repeating yourselves uh, because it's just I, – I don't, I don't know what else could happen. I, I think they'll add a safety at some point. Okay. You know, we saw last year Steven Nelson came right before training camp started. So there's, there could be something to write about. The Eagles are just keeping the fingers crossed that there's nothing off the field that we have to talk about or write about. Hey Jeff, you have three boys, right? Yes. Okay, so so are you one of those guys? Like, I, I love being home and being a full time dad in spurts, but and you get to a point, I cannot <laughs> wait to get back to the football field. <laughs> I have a a long vacation break typically, and I usually take it as much as I can during the summer because the okay. season, you know, I want to devote to that. But you're right. Yeah. By the end of it, I'm like, uh, I was teasing <laughs> my wife the other day. I'm like, oh, now I'm a Mr. Mom mode. <laughs> It's funny, man. Well, listen, enjoy oh, man. enjoy the time. Hopefully you're right. Nothing happens. You can kind of just chill a little bit, recharge the battery, and uh, looking forward to the season getting started. We're looking forward to talking to you a little bit later down the line, Jeff. We appreciate it, man. Thank, Thank you, man. Uh, appreciate it, brother. Take care. All, all the best, Jeff McClain. Always, always good. Jeff's a, a really legitimate reporter in, in the old school yeah. sense. Oh, he yeah. will give you the kind of the dirt behind the scenes report that you don't get as much of anymore. I think he does a really good job with that. That's for sure. He'll, get, right. he'll get under people's skins at times, at, at times, but you know what? He does it the right way. Yep. He, he does it. Um, yes. He doubles, double chip, triple checks and all that, but he's not afraid to ruffle feathers. No, he's not there to be a cheerleader. That is for sure. And he, uh, he's, he doesn't care about, you know, what the, what the thought process is of him from an organizational standpoint. I give him a lot of props for that. That's for sure. All right, let's step aside. We'll come back. Final segment of the program. We had a pitcher last night from Barrett's home city that was one strike away from a no-hitter. Oh. Kablooey. So that happened. Uh, Braves keep winning. A little Richard Sherman news, which we'll get into. Uh, a Sixers assistant being interviewed for a head coaching gig. And Minka Fitzpatrick gets paid. We will do all of that when we get back. Barrett Brooks, Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Go for the pulls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. On the field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. 
At Action News, we cherish every moment, and it's our profound responsibility to bring you closer to your world. Never miss a moment. Trust the people at Action News. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to look. Fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Final segment of Uh-oh. the program. What's the matter? Uh, I don't know if you want to know or not, but uh, Gibson just gave up a home run to Rojas. Why did they keep hitting Rojas? Why? Why do you keep this man's two for two in this game? He's been ripping them up the whole series. Why do you keep pitching to this man? Great, yeah. great question. Great question. I My don't know. Goodness. I do not know. Yeah, it's, uh, it's only it's, one nothing. But still. yeah, it's only one nothing. It's early. Um, all right. So I, I want to hit you guys with a couple different things. So I don't know if you saw this or not, but Cardinals starting pitcher uh, Miles uh, Mikolos last night was not one out, but one strike away. He had two outs, two strikes. In the ninth inning, gave up a double. It, he would have had a no-hitter, and he was beside himself after the game uh, last night. It, that, that to me, like, I, that's got to be – to that be hurts. that – oh, that's got to kill you. I, I'm telling you, man, it is the worst. I, w- I would ask the coach, Coach, can you, can you please just take me out of the game now, please? Yeah, I just can't. <laughs> I'm I, done. I just, my, my concentration was shot after that. You, you're one strike away. You know how difficult it is to get a no-hitter to begin oh, with. Oh. But to be one strike away and he gives up a double to end the no-hit bid. And I'm it's like – and you could tell in his post-game comments, man, he was like distraught. He was down. He was oh. like this gut-wrenching. I'm like, I may never get this close again. I yeah. would worry about him if I'm a Cardinal fan next start. Like, I just don't know if he's going to be able to just, you know, wash this one away and, and roll again in five days. I don't know. He might, God bless him if he is. But yeah. I, I would, I would, uh, may, if I was a betting man, I'd probably bet against him in his next start. Just, uh, just saying. That was, last that was five in. He may not go five innings his next start. <laughs> Me, yeah, right. Yeah. That's a good point. Me, meanwhile, the Braves have now won their 13th in a row last Jeez. night. I, I, I don't, man. On fire, man. Yeah, it's crazy. It doesn't and we matter. keep and we keep winning. forgetting they're the defending world champs. They are. No, we, I didn't we forget. We don't yeah. even talk about that. But but you know when you when you think about a team like the Braves and, and they're chasing the Mets and so much attention given to the Mets and right. rightfully so. We you know it, it's oh by the way Atlanta did win the World Series last year and they're not even hundred percent healthy pitching wise. No, that's what's going to happen when they get hundred percent. Mm-hmm. All right, Gibson got out of the inning, so we're good. So well, the, I, same thing with the Mets. The Mets are not 100% health pitching-wise, and look at their record. Yeah, and they won their it's last It's unbelievable. Two. Yeah, the Braves, after being as hot as they are, guys, are still five back in, in the NL East. That's after winning 13 Jeez. in a row. So just, well, they didn't get hot last year until the end of the um, – You're right. The, you're yeah. right. It's they true. had a worse record than, like, the Phillies do now for sure. I mean, they were 
they put went on a serious run. To but be they, but they did it defensively and with pitching, man. Yeah. Yeah. But That's I think a lot of people wrote them off because Freddie Freeman left because yep. you know how yep. hard it is to repeat all that kind of. I so don't don't discount the bread. It's a tough division. They're in a tough because like we've been talking about a lot. Miami's no pushover. No, this is not no. a, the only really bad team is Washington, but it's a it's a very very good division. I would I would say I would say the Marlins have one of the best pitching staffs in the National League. Period. Their hitting just has their consistent hitting just hasn't caught up to the to the pitching. But they have some arms on that team, man. And yeah, I'm just, from starters to bullpen, and they're all a bunch of young guys. They're not a bunch of old guys. They're young guys, man. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing about the Marlins is they, they get up there and they compete for a World Series one year, and then five years they kind of slide back down. And then they retool and they're back up there again. Yeah, you know, I'll just, take it. This yeah, team right. does a great job of drafting, and, 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 you know, they take time to develop their players. But, man, all of a sudden, wait, Florida's back at the top again? You, well, you, you hear about them, you forget about them. It's a shame because that's what they have to do. They have to sell parts off when yep. guys start to yep. get good. Yep. But they do a really good job of getting quality prospects yes. in return yes. and building them up. You know, the Rays do the same thing. You know, some of yes. the small market teams have to do this. It's the unfortunate. That's why the NFL is so great, by the way, with the revenue sharing. Yep. There is no real small market. Like, think about what Green no. Bay yep. or uh, Kansas City or Buffalo would be. Yep. Right, I mean, they might not even have franchises if it wasn't for the way the NFL Jacksonville, is set yeah. Jacksonville, Jacksonville, yeah, yeah. No question. there's a million of them, and yep. that's the great thing about the NFL. Whereas others were like Baltimore knows they're cooked from the beginning of the year; they know yep. they have no chance. Yep. And Pittsburgh, you know, it's like unless you really catch lightning in a bottle, or a, like Kansas City wanted a few years ago, because all their prospects hit, and yep. then they had to start trading all those prospects away. So it would, it's a, it's a tough boat you know, for some of those teams, that's for sure. But uh, yeah, you're right. Miami's a team that does a really good job as far as that concern. All right. So a couple uh football items. One, Richard Sherman officially retired uh, is going into the broadcasting booth and he will be part of the Amazon uh, coverage or Thursday night football and whatever else they're doing. He's going to be a part of that. Uh, I think in studio, I don't think he's part of the, uh, the broadcast is Michaels and Herb street. I, but I think he's part of their studio programming yeah. that they're going to be doing. I think he's a great hire. I think he's a really smart dude. He's an outspoken dude. He's had some, you know, obviously off the field kind of stuff that has happened to him. But Herb Street left ESPN? No, he's doing both. Oh, so he does college football and pro football. He's yep. doing Thursday night games with Al Michaels, and he's still going to do college game day. You know, I guess he'll just fly out that next morning and still yeah. do college hey. game day. Woo. Oh man. Bro, that's what he, that's what he does with um with college football. He um he does college game day, and then he goes out and he flies wherever he has to go to do the next game, bro. Yeah, he did. Private plane, yeah. You're right, Barrett. He does it that morning, hops on a plane, and goes to wherever the night game is for ABC that night. You're yep. right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, along with Chris Fowler, but he is going to do both. Um, well, I, look, Amazon's clearly not afraid to spend because Al no. Michaels and, and Herb Street cost a lot of money, man. And I'm sure, bro. I'm sure Richard Sherman isn't coming cheap. I mean, Great the, move. The pandemic, yeah. you know, the pandemic made Amazon. Yes, the, the the number one company probably in the world, bro. Isn't that right? something? <laughs> you were dead on, man. You and it's, you're right; it changed everything for them. When I'm I looking at, I can't stand it, man. Because every time I turn around, there's some boxes on my damn porch. Uh, I hear you. I don't even you, want to oh, go upstairs come and find come out what's house. waiting. Yeah, I, I, I asked my wife, "Is are you running drugs or something through here through the house?" <laughs> I'm serious. 
<laughs> Dude, I've had times when I've gone to, and sometimes you get a stretch where it's the same person delivering time and time again, right? That's a bad so, sign when you get to know I, the delivery guy. I, I've gone girl. out, I've gone out, I've opened the door a couple of times, and you know, usually they ring the doorbell. You know, I have one of those doorbell cameras so you can see. They just ring it, they take a picture to verify that they put it on your step, and then they take off. So I've, a couple of times I've gone to the door, and the dude was still standing. He goes, uh, "I'm sorry, but I just wanted to meet you." I'm like, "What?" I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> okay and they're all nice dudes don't get me yeah, wrong they're yeah, all yeah. Nice dudes. but it's like it's weird man you get to know them by name and stuff hey you start out how's the family doing bro hey, this, hey. this say with me bro the other day man the other day um the phone i mean uh the doorbell rang and i got the thing too so i said hey how you doing she said um it said i'm on air right now she said hey i need a little help with this package so I ran downstairs helped her with the package to bring it in the house and then i ran it back upstairs and to get back on the show mm. You did it. You should have Amazon pay you for 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 for, yeah, for carrying fees. You guys, when you're on a first name basis with the drivers, it's not a good sign. It right, means there's way right, too many right, packages right, coming right. to the house. How's you know, the family right. going? How's everybody doing? I, like, oh, I, I would like to. I would like to be an Amazon driver. My wife. My wife claims I would be great for Amazon. She said because you love to talk to everybody. I probably wouldn't get my shift done because I'd be standing there talking to people all day. <laughs> Absolutely not. There's no way. There's no way you would get a shift done. I'm telling there's you. No my way. wife says. My wife says you would be great at it, but you probably get fired within six. Yeah, months. you'd be talking football with every customer. Dude. And, and you, it just wouldn't <laughs> I would love to do it just to be in a truck driving around, especially in the summer, warm summer day. The only problem is you come to that one house where you got that mean, nasty, nasty Ooh. vicious dog. Ooh. And I'm gonna tell you right now, I don't care if it's breakable. Dog approached me the wrong way, straight across the cranium, boom. Yes, yes. <laughs> taking him out. I'm telling you or, right or now. Or I'm not. You know, it'll be left on the on the front door. I'm not messing yeah. with bringing that thing in. I'm, I'm, I'm not running. I'm not Carl Lewis anymore. I'm not running and ripping a hamstring. Mm-hmm. You won't see me tumbling over cracked pavement. Okay? I'm yep. not going to stand there and fight off a dog who got my leg or my arm, you know, mm-hmm. and you're going to catch me on camera punching a dog in the face. You're not going to get me on TikTok and, and YouTube <sighs> and all this stuff, man, you know, because people are taking it the wrong way and all of a sudden I'm an animal hater and all this stuff, man. No, bro, I'm so, not scared of any dog, bro. I'm not afraid of dog, but I'm just saying I'm just saying the possibility exists. I mean, I've seen too many videos yeah. of, of, of UPS Amazon drivers like jumping a fence like uh-huh. that, you know, Ronaldo Nehemiah and stuff because the dog's chasing them down the step. <laughs> I'm not gonna be there. Well, guy. my so my dog has this upset. We we used to have our old mail uh letter carrier. What do we call it? What are we calling it? Mail we, mail can we not say letter carrier anyway? Mail person can't say mailman. Uh, anymore. Our old letter carrier was the, the nicest guy you'll ever meet. Right. And he's, he's the type of guy who in his, in his pocket, he has like the little treats for the dogs. Like he's that, yeah. he's that guy. Right. And he's super friendly. So I got to know the guy really well. Nicest guy in the world. My dog, my, my Bailey is in love with him. Like in love with this dude. Okay? <laughs> like obsessed. Okay. So whenever she would, She'd hear his truck or whatever. she'd go crazy and he would always leave her a treat and whatever. Or if we're out walking, if I was walking her, if she saw him, it forget it. She was making a beeline to him. It was, she, Jeez. So she now she recognizes mail trucks because of him. Right. So we have a different letter carrier now that he's not he's not our guy anymore, unfortunately. So anytime she sees a truck and it's not him. She goes into like depression. She's like bummed out. She doesn't want to walk anymore. I'm like Bailey. It's not. It's the guy's name's oh, Ed. I'm like man. it's not Ed. She's like, and, and you can tell she's oh, just like, I'm done. I'm gonna go home. I'm like, I mean, what is going on here? Oh my goodness. Can, we, can you just take your dump and and we can get back to the house? But no, she wants to go right back to the house. We can't even get a walk in. But anyway, um, 
So Minka Fitzpatrick guys got paid. Woo. Okay. How about four years, $73.6 million God, at the no. safety position? Yeah. Safety position. Yeah, but you know what? That's a bad man. If I like anybody. I love him. He can play for my team any day of the week, man. The dude can hit. He can cover sideline to sideline. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, you know, we, we keep talking about these salaries becoming outlandish. But, hey, my, 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 bottom, my bottom line in anything you do is whatever anybody's willing you pay, that's what you're worth. Yeah, it's the Get highest. Get what you can while you can. Biggest salary in the history of in the history for a safety. It's it's the biggest one. He's gets um, so it, the way that we deal where it's a four year extension. It'll pay him eighteen point four per year is Jeez. the way it breaks down, and he thirty six of which is guaranteed, according to Adam Schefter. Not bad. Man. Not bad. Yeah, good good little move right there for him. Look, well, I, there, I, that's that's, that's another thing. That's why we won't get a safety here. That's yeah, they don't want to pay him. Yeah, uh, but I don't blame. I mean, you look at the money you have tied up elsewhere in this team. How are you going to pay him? Yep. I mean, you can't. You really can't. You know, you got a lot of money tied up into your D line, uh, your offensive line. You just paid Malata. You got another Pro Bowler on the other side of Lane Johnson making big money. You got a Pro Bowl center making big money. AJ Brown making a hundred million dollars. Darius Slay getting paid well. Yep. I mean, you, you got to cut bait somewhere. You know, so. I'm with you. Like, I, I know everybody thinks, oh, they're going to bring in a safety of note. I'm not sure they are. Like, I, this, they may just roll with Epps and, you know, yeah, and, and Anthony yeah. Harris and see where it goes. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't think there's going to be a big move made. I don't either, to be honest. And you can I, only I, fix I, so much, guys. I mean, you can only fix so much in an offseason. And, and if any move they're going to make is, I don't think it's the safety position. I think they make the move um, to bring in. Uh, Howard again or something like that. You know what I mean? A, a running back, a yeah. big back. Yeah. yeah, they are small. Mm-hmm. They're light. I mean, I would say like Miles Sanders is sort of medium, but everybody else is small right now uh, for the most part. Do you, do you think Jordan Howard's back? Um, no. They, nobody signed him, right? No, no. Nobody will sign him. Is that the fear of the stingers and all that? I mean, he's still yep. pretty young. That's yeah, a shame. Exactly. I, I I think that there's got to be a spot in the league for that dude. He's he's a good running back when he gets opportunities. Yeah. I wouldn't pay him much, but yeah, definitely he's belongs a, in the league. He's he's a good Clydesdale between the tackles. That's yep. what he is. You know, yeah, he's a short yardage back, and there's still a place in the NFL for those. But you gotta um, pay you gotta pay so much, you know, for a guy like him because he's I been can, around a while yeah. now. So you're talking about almost you know no probably it's over a million they're gonna pay a guy that's only gonna be. Uh, um, uh, a situational type of player. And it's hard for you to pay guys that amount of money for situational play. And that's Barrett. That's where you could speak to this because, you know, obviously played as long as you did. It's good that veteran players are protected and get a minimum, but it also hurts them in some ways. Like you you tell me Jordan Howard would, would gladly take 500 grand to play in the league. I think if he could rather, you know, when they're forced to pay him, that's, Mm -hmm. that's the tough, that's tough. I wish there were exceptions you could make. I wish the player could waive it. Well, it's just it's just a it's just a young man sport. It's just a young man sport because I mean, once you get to an age that you know where he is, and you kind of you know out you know out price yourself not because of your play, but because of what your you know what yeah. the years in your league mm-hmm. um, have given you. And then it's good, like I said, it's good when you when you have some worth. But if you if you have that borderline. All right, I could find a younger guy to do your job. He might not be as good as you, but it's efficient enough. Then you could go fall to the wayside. You know, that's why I love the Steelers organization yep. because they understood what they had. I mean, they knew I was going to come in and be a starter, 
but they knew if I had to come in and start that I'd do one hell of a job of starting and I could bridge them to the, you know, you know, maybe two or three games and be a starter, mm-hmm. but they don't have to pay me starter money. So, you know, that's, I mean, they understood what I was going to bring to the table. I was going to come in, I was going to work. I was going to teach these younger guys how to play the game. Um, and, and, and I'm going to make sure I cross my T's down my eyes, be ready to play. They can put me anywhere on the, on the field, but they also understood that, you know, all right, we can't not over, you know, eight or nine games. He's not going to be starting. You know what I'm saying? We, we, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's not that guy. Mm. Yeah. But, yeah. Not, but they're, they're, that's the culture though. They're, that's a value in what you bring to the table right. as sort of player coach at that point in your career. Yep. Uh, Sixers assistant, Sam Cassell is, is interviewing for the jazz gig. Um, I'm, he was a hot commodity like last summer, and right. it was pretty, pretty quiet on that front. Uh, keep in mind, he was an assistant with Doc Rivers in 08 when the Celtics won, and Danny Ainge was the GM there. Danny Ainge is now at the Jazz. So, you know, there's a connection there. If, if Possibly he has a shot to uh, to get that gig. But I know he was sort of like um, good cop sometimes to Doc's bad cop. And, and Ma- Tyrell, uh, Tyrese Maxey talked about this quite a bit. You know, Doc would sometimes really, especially with Maxi, really. You guys remember? I mean, he wasn't afraid to call him out publicly either. That's right. That's right. And he said that Sam, he loved how Sam Sam would pull him aside either after practice or a game and say, "Look, you know, Doc's doing what he's got to do, but just keep in mind, you still had 22 points. You're doing a lot of things great." He was the encourager in that sense, um, and that's kind of what he is. He's a really good, I think, one-on-one guy, especially with guards. So I, I don't know how that bodes for him getting the gig, but I, you know, he's a, he's a worthy candidate to at least be interviewed, you know, for sure. Oh, no question. You know, he's paid his dues. He was a great player, great role player when he was in the league. And, you know, he's, he's, he's paid his dues and his assistant. So, you know, I hope it works out for him. You know, yeah. um, I don't know much about, I, I don't know him well, but yeah, you know, the bottom line is when you, when you've been in the game as long as he has both as a player and a coach, you know, you deserve your opportunity in any, any way you can get it. So hopefully if he, you know, if he shows up well in the interview, then the job's for him. No question. All right, so we have game one of the Stanley Cup Finals tonight. You get the Lightning Ooh. at the Avalanche tonight. Yeah, uh, it, it should be it should be a really good series. These are you know the the Avalanche have only lost two games in the entire playoffs. Yeah, that's crazy. Straight dominating. That, that's right? crazy. They're Dude, minus one sixty tonight. Over they the are so deep. Yeah, they're, they're three lines deep. They have they're, they're so deep. They don't know which goaltender they're going to play. They have two <laughs> outstanding goaltenders. Yeah. Seriously, yeah, one guy's two. banged up, and they're and and they've been using the other guy, and he's been fine. Yeah. He's been better than the, the original guy. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine having that kind of depth? Yeah. No, 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 no. Actually, no. <laughs> no. I not can't imagine having starters like that. Yeah, not in this city. We can't. Yeah, and, and, then, and then you look at this Tampa team, and you look at some of the moves they made along the way this season. They got better, no doubt. And and, and here's the thing: they got a goaltender that's out of this world as well. Yeah. And they're yeah. deep. They're, they're deep I, across the line. I remember back in the day when we had Moose and the young guy sitting there. You know, we were like, "Which one are we going to start?" And look at where we are. <laughs> now it's like, please find me a starter, please. Yeah, it, look, it's uh, you know, Barry. We were talking about this right off the top. I think before you hopped on, it, it looks like it's going to be uh, Tortorella is going to be the guy that they they go with. And and look, he he's going to bring attention to them. You know, there's no doubt. He's he's a taskmaster. He's a, he's a no BS you know, sort of dude, but has he won anything though? And not in a long time, not since so four, he beat, they actually, his lightning team knocked the flyers out way. That's a hundred years ago, but be, you know, they, they were, uh-huh. and went on to win the whole thing, but yeah, I, I don't love it as much as some others do. I understand it, but I don't, 
I think we're going to be in the same spot in a couple of years. And I, and I'll see, we'll see how far his act plays with the, with young guys who don't seem to. Why does that always happen? Respond though? well to this kind of thing. It happens in Philly sports. Why are we always end up where we were the, the late year before, except uh, when we won the Super Bowl? <laughs> look, it's a, it's a great question. And, and I think it's, it's, look, it, they took, they, it took them a long time to figure out who it was going to be. It's not official yet, but it's been a, it's been a painstaking process. So you better get it right. If you're going this this long with it, exactly. I think that's why they. T- I mean, he may be what they need. I mean, a no nonsense type of guy. Sometimes, but the last two guys have been that way. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I yeah. think that's just that's just status quo with hockey hockey coaches, right? They never smile. You know what I'm saying? You know, to the point. I mean, I don't know, man. I I think you just need a shake up with the roster more so than a, um than a coach, man. Oh, in, for sure. In all the time that I have been in this region. It just baffles my mind that Philadelphia is the fourth largest television market in the country. Um, fans are rabid fans, passionate fans, knowledgeable fans. Yes, yet they've been devoid of more consistent championships in this city uh, than they should have. You know, all they want is a win. You look at cities like New York, they're always relevant. Boston, always relevant. But then you look at cities that are the equivalent of Philadelphia. Chicago, they can't win anything. Dallas, they can't win anything. You know, and it's just amazing how this city deserves so much better. We've had so many great individual athletes come through this team. And we've had so many really good teams assembled in this city. And we haven't had more success in terms of hoisting trophies and having parades in the city. Yeah, I think it's hard. I, I, I Like, hockey's a great example. I, I think it's really hard for people in this city to watch a, an organization yeah. who's done it the right way, like Tampa, yeah. dominate the NHL the way that they yeah. did. And yeah. I, I, can't, I can't still call them an expansion team because they've been around a long time now. Right. But still, that, that's got to drive Flyers fans crazy who haven't won it since 1975. Like, that kind of stuff. And you're right. Derek, we could revel in the fact that the Cowboys haven't won anything in 25 years. I mean, right. that's for sure. I mean, <laughs> that goes without saying uh, that that's a beautiful thing. But yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it's been way more heartache as a Philadelphia fan than it is. Play- like Boston is so spoiled. Boston, Sorry, Rob, I don't mean to hit a sore spot, but I just find bit. it fascinating. I, I need a minute. Uh, no, but I mean, <laughs> you think about what the Patriots have done, Red Sox, Celtics, yeah, I, I think we all are sort of think Golden State's probably going to win this, right, but they're right. R- right there to win a championship again in basketball. What the Bruins? And, and the Bruins, yeah, like, they have been a, I hate to admit it, I mean, a, a dominant, dominant sports town. Yes, yes, they have. The one city I hate the most has been one of the most dominant sports towns in America for the last fifteen years. Yeah, it's, and it's the, just unbelievable. The common thread, uh, the common thread with New England is, I mean, with the Patriots is Belichick and Brady, but for the most part, a lot of that is great general managing is yeah. great front office. And that yeah. to me, that's everything to me. Uh, like th- I, this is where I think sports get it wrong guys. Just not to get off on a rant here, but you're going to spend on, on players. You're going to spend on coaches. I would spend so much money to get the right general manager in there mm-hmm. to yeah. run my thing because it, it affects everything. It affects your scouting. It affects your personnel. It affects your, the way you manage your cap and your yep. money. Yep. You know, by proxy, your players, because that's the, you know, the trickle down effect. But I, I think that's, what it, that's it right there. You just said yeah. it. It all goes downhill. Right. Whether it's, whether it's it, you know, everything goes downhill. You know, when it, when they say it happens, this happens, it all goes downhill. So if you have great management, it goes down from great management to great coaching to great players. Yep. You know what I'm saying? They understand what it is to be great. So you bring in great people 
to you know to to help your great coaches to help mm. your great players. Yeah, and and it's it not all, often it's not a as big a priority. Excuse me, as it should be with these teams. So uh, yeah, gonna gonna be interesting. All right, so tomorrow, Trey Burton's gonna join us. Trey Burton is a part of perhaps the most iconic play in the history of Philadelphia sports, yeah. the Philly special. I mean, maybe it's something we'll do tomorrow. You know, the, the, just the craziest individual plays. But you'd be hard pressed to to come up with a better one than that. I mean, if you think about it, the moment it's a Super Bowl. You very easily could have gone conservative and kicked the field goal if you were Doug Peterson. You took the suggestion from a player and went with it on the spot. Yep. And they had just – correct me if I'm wrong. I think they just worked on that that week. Yeah, they did. Yep. Like there's so many – and on top of that, you had an undrafted free agent in Trey Burton, an undrafted free agent in, in, in Corey Clement. You had a – Backup quarterback. Backup quarterback – and who I'm trying to think of who else touched the ball in that? Play? It was just was it those three? Corey Clement, Trey Burton, um, and, and Foles. And Foles. What are the odds that all of that plays out in that setting like that? That's crazy because those plays, you might rep it once every three weeks, every other week. Yeah, just a gadget play because yeah, you know you're gonna spend any time, especially with the time constraints they have. You don't spend time on running those type of plays, and for the real mere fact that they they ran this play, they said they ran it like a, a couple weeks before. Yeah, and, and uh, it was um, DiFilippo discovered it scouting the Bears earlier in the year. I forget what the whole story was, and, and like incorporated it, or it was it a college game too? It, it, it was like a hybrid of all those plays, and it all worked out anyway. So Trey's going to be with us tomorrow. We're looking forward to that. That's going to be a lot of fun, man, and we'll certainly. Uh, you know, keep all the other discussions rolling that we that we generally have. So we're, we are we are thankful for uh, all of our guests today, Keith Pompey and Jeff McLean. And again, if you missed any of those interviews, check them out uh, on our uh, YouTube channel, uh, Jacob Sports YouTube Network, and and JacobSports.com. All right, so coming and up, hopefully with, Barrett's not in jail. Hopefully he's here with us tomorrow. We don't have any problems. <laughs> the uh, National Football Show is coming up with Dan Cilio. We're back tomorrow at the same time. Good job, Barrett. Good job, Derek. I am Rob Ellis. Thanks to our producer, Xander Krause. Xander, great job as always. And we'll be back with you guys tomorrow at the same time. Thanks to everybody in the comment section, everybody viewing, everybody streaming, everybody listening. Have a good, good day. We'll talk to you tomorrow, everybody. Go for the polls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the odds. Go for the bubbles. And the bubbly. Go for the story. And the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that.
Action News, we cherish every moment, and it's our profound responsibility to bring you closer to your world. Never miss a moment. Trust the people at Action News. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready, all right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, I go to left, I fake them out. Mama, go up, up, up! She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial... This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.